Hello and welcome to Due South by Southeast. My name's Detective Squeak. In a moment, you're going to hear this week's episode. Now, we haven't released one for quite a while now, and uh, the one you're going to hear this week and next week were ones we recorded back, I think it was in October. Uh, essentially, I just got really behind with everything. I got caught up with some other projects, and just the time even to edit this uh, quite epic two and a half hour episode this week went out the window so uh, that's what you're going to enjoy we're going to have another new episode next week hopefully and uh, we're going to start recording new episodes so we're back baby please enjoy this week's episode where we talk about the mask and uh, just ignore anything which i say should be current uh, to being in october as opposed to being in january so uh, here's this week's episode I wish this podcast would carry me away But while talking to Squeak here And Michelle get a word in edgeways Record over a bottle of rum on a darker Southampton Bay. Do sound. That is what we're talking about. Do sound. Saddle up my microphone. Give deep in Baker a bone. Do sound. By South. Welcome to Due South by Southeast, the show that gives Due South its juice one episode at a time. The fun's out, the rum's out, and by golly gee, are my guns out, I don't know why. Um, my name is Detective Squee, with me as always. Uh, well, unfortunately, Dottie Baker's on assignment uh, at her mummy's again, but instead we're joined by our other pod dog, it's Little Benton. And we're also joined by... Nancy Michelle! Only just slightly less little than Benton. <laughs> what do you mean littler than Benton? No, I said less little, but you're right, littler. Uh, and of course, we're also joined by... Civilian Aid Nicola. So we're, we're back, guys. Like, uh, as the listeners were, are going to be hearing this, it's hopefully going to go out only a week after the last episode. But we've had two episodes which have just gone out about a month or two probably two months after they were recorded. This is partly due to us getting a puppy and he's insane, uh, but you will have heard that on the last episode. But also the last two episodes were just uh, two and three ones I had to sit down and edit. Usually I like to put this up unedited or minimal editing, just I listen to it back and just cut out a few bits of silence, that's about it. The one which we recorded with our friend, uh, friends Lucy and Chris, we may have been insanely drunk that night. Chris... Uh, bless him, lovely guy, really nice to meet him, but by that stage was pretty safely incoherent and started going, it's like, can I just, can I just interrupt to say, I forget about it. I just, and we, and like, I'm not saying they're making out of him, really, just because we were all very close to that drunk. And so there's a lot of editing involved. And then the one after that, it was us three recorded on my phone, round at Michelle's, with yeah. Benny going nuts. Yeah. And it needs a lot of editing also. So uh, hopefully this is us back in business now. Guys, how have you been doing? Uh, who wants to go first? 
Um, I don't, do you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. been a mixture, to be honest. It's been a mixture of good and bad. Um, I would like to inform everybody I have a dent in my forehead now. I'm, I'm imagining another one. No, not no. This is the one I got from the headbutt. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the headbutt, you say? The, yeah, I ended up in hospital a couple of weeks ago, um, and I wasn't even drunk. Can you imagine that? Yeah. No, and I, I can't I imagine that. And I thought, oh my god, is something happened to the hospital? You know, where you're a nurse, of course. Uh, have you before an accident at work? And what what had happened? <laughs> I tripped up upstairs. <laughs> I I fell forward and headbutted a wall. <laughs> It was nasty, though. I mean, literally half... What were you trying to do at the time which had led to this? Well, I've got this weird kind of Victorian-style hallway upstairs. So you get the hallway, and then you get a step down where the stairs are, and then a step up again to my bedroom. So I didn't want to go downstairs. I wanted to go from the hallway to my bedroom, so I stepped over. I guess my um, footing was a little bit off, and I just fell forwards. To anyone else, this is just a step. To Michelle, it's like it's when Evil Knievel <laughs> jumped the gorge. <laughs> this is a great epic climb, but, you know, you didn't quite make it on this occasion. No, no. Crashed and burnt. Yeah. So we've got a chimney breast quite close to uh, my bedroom door, and I just went head first into it. Yeah, half of my forehead just swelled up to this massive bump. I had two black eyes. And it wasn't until, like, the bump had gone down, and I was scratching my forehead one day, I was like, Oh, I've actually got a dent in my forehead. <laughs> Still, I haven't had this checked out again since. I don't know if I should, but yeah. So I was in I was in hospital because my vision went a slightly blurry. I think I was slightly concussed after this. Um, yeah. And you're still trying to blame that to this day. Yeah. 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 I stick to my story. Have you been Nicola? I mean, yeah, I know, obviously, because we <laughs> yeah, live in the same place, but. <laughs> Oh, shh. I don't tell anyone that. <laughs> well, you don't like to admit it. Thanks, Han. Love you too. Love you. Um, no, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I was trying to think for your conversation. Uh, what what we have been up to, actually. I mean, um, I know we've been busy. There's been a lot of Benny wrangling. Oh, hasn't there? Hasn't there? He's just finished off his uh, training course, his first beginner's training course, and he got a certificate. How he managed to get through is that? Is that for a Canadian Whoa. Mountie doggy? Yeah, well, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he, he's doing so much better because when he first started the course, he could only really manage about 10 minutes, I think, tension. And then he'd lose interest because it was an hour hour at a time. And now he was like, he's up to about 55 minutes, you know, 50 to 55 minutes before he gets bored. So he's really, I think he's doing so much better. And he is, isn't he? He's, it's he, one of those things like with really puppies. He's getting there. But he's, you get two steps forward, one back. So it's always heading in the right direction. But every now and again, they kind of regress a bit. And you have to remind them of their training. So after weeks of not peeing in the front room, suddenly he goes, oh, yeah, this is a toilet in it. No, no, it's not, Benny. No, it's not. It's really not. Oh, I could chew on this sofa. No, no, you you can't, Benny. You really can't. Uh, But then he stops again. Like So he's got his toilet training down now, touch wood. Uh, He's getting there with the kind of not chewing stuff, but now he's just gone back into a chewing phase. I mean, I must admit, I think if there was if there was going to be a war an award at the training centre for it, I was expecting him to get class clown because (laughs) he just kind of like when he's bored, he's like yeah, so he just goes and knocks all the cones over and and every day they just think it's funny and you're like I'm trying to sort of do recall and I end up because uh, the idea is you don't not have a recall. So if he won't come back on a trainer lead, you have to reel him in 
on the train and leave. So I end up reading them in and he just rolls and rolls the whole way over or I drag him along. Yeah, he sees there's a little ride. Everyone just thinks this is hilarious and I'm like... Because you can't have a failed recall. No. So every time you call Mm. them, they've got to come back to you. Even if you have to drag them back. Yeah, you pull them in. Yeah, but he just sees there's a little ride. Oh, he thinks uh... it's hilarious. He just rolls his way back and everyone's like... And I'm sure he thinks, oh, I'm really funny. But also... such a little cutie. Yeah, yeah, but but it wouldn't melt. Like the amount of people who seem to go... Oh, he looks so sweet and innocent. It's like, yeah, don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, for it. it's also where he's, uh, where he is a puppy and a male puppy, and under the age where he can be fixed, let's just say, I think the fact that uh, he was in a training course. It's our friend Ali, who's a wonderful. She's a oh, fully yeah. trained uh, veterinary nurse, and she's just started doing dog. So she's done all her training as a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. So she now started doing that, and so we got an introductory course. And yeah. they're, they're still doing uh, some introductory courses where they're very cheap price, Absolutely. prices. Just in case anyone's yeah. in the local area to Southampton in the UK, it's uh, Ali's all-star dog training. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. The, the difference it made with Benny was Oh, I amazing. didn't think it would be possible to get him where he is at the end of the training course. But The, the, the funny has. thing was, it was him and three girl doggies. And he's mm-hmm. an unfixed male doggy. Mm-hmm. I think that might have led to some of the behaviours, and now, especially now he's a few months older, I think some of his behaviours he has are, are not helped by testosterone. Like you know, my mm-hmm. my friend B. Jansen, uh, who is uh, does the Dog's Best Friend podcast, he's over in Australia. He and Ali have both said it's like you know, yes, that can contribute, but if those behaviours, you have to work on the behaviours. Like getting them fixed might cut down the testosterone levels, might help somewhat. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't put the training in there, it doesn't matter. So it's kind of a bit of both. But I think you can definitely see he's having the stirrings of manhood, certainly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that does affect the behaviour. It's not all of it, but it's I in mean, there. The, the, the funny thing we have at night now is that we'll sit there and he goes to sleep. And it's almost like if someone comes in or someone speaks, we're like, shh. Don't wake him. <laughs> like a baby. He's just, yeah, but it's like, don't wake him. Please, we've, we've only just sat down for a rest. <laughs> Please, nobody speak. And, and in our room, like, uh, it used to be we tried to train him to sleep up in bed with us, like Dottie does. Uh, and now even Dottie usually sleeps on a, uh, a mm. an old... Um, a duvet. Uh, quilt, a duvet. duvet. An old duvet we've got at the end of the bed. Mm-hmm. And she uses that. Uh, and we... So people talked about crate training, which we were a bit like uncertain of because we didn't want to seem like we were locking away or anything. He loves it in there yeah. now. Like that's where he sleeps at night. Because before we'd put him on the bed and he'd just start rolling around, chewing oh. on Nicola's hair, sitting on top of our heads, mm. kind of just barking at random times. And we we're like, yeah, crate training. Let's give tra- crate training a go. Because oh, yeah. we, our other two, Dottie, for instance, and Murphy, Neither of them are crate trained or were. I don't know about Murphy. Got so Murphy no. wasn't crate trained because he didn't need to be. He was such a good boy. Got in his bed, went to sleep. Never, you know. He actually used to try and tell me when to go to bed. <laughs> Half eight would come along and he'd sit in front of me and go whirr whirr, and I knew what he wanted. He, he wanted. A, yeah, he was like, "Come on, it's bedtime," and I'd be like, "No." And in the end, he got so bored he'd go on up. But that's what he wanted. He oh, wanted me him. to go to bed. Um, so at half eight, about half eight to nine every night, Murphy would go on up, his, you know, and go to bed, and I never had any issue with him. Benny is a whole different kettle of fish. Well, it's where he's part mounty. He's always exploring. He's yeah. always trying to find out what's going on. Mm. He wants to be in the know. Uh, randomly barking people. I haven't decided what part of his detective skills that is, but I'm sure it is. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. It's just trying to work out the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he could be a genius, couldn't he? 
It could be. I mean, it would be the surprise of the lifetime, but uh, he could be. Yeah. Time will tell. So yeah, basically that that's pretty much our life at the moment. But no, I mean, he's, he, again, he's calmed down a lot, and uh, it's bless him. It's with Dotty as well, because uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Dotty, our other dog, uh, spends one week with us, one week with my ex-wife, because yeah, we brought her together, split up. It was very amicable, and neither of us wanted to not have Dotty around. So you know, we just one week here, one week there, and to begin with, we were really concerned that is going to make it just impossible for Dottie because obviously Dottie we already had that's our first responsibility but we we felt like we could make it work and you know over time it's getting there because Benny's come down a bit but Dottie has actually got a lot more playful which I think is really good it's like it's kept her younger older which is really nice and she started like before we were worried that he was always roughhousing with her and instigating play and kind of biting on her ear it's not not bite biting but like playful puppy biting and then, after a while, we suddenly noticed he'd stop and Dottie would, like, nudge him or, or just wave a toy in his face <laughs> as if almost to go. To begin with, it almost looked like she was doing, like, a, look, look, he's being a little bugger. He's, he's attacking me. <laughs> it's almost like he was trying to get her in trouble. But then we realised, after a while, she was into the game play. She's actually enjoying the play now. And so where he's learned to come down a bit more and he's she's learned to play again a bit, got used to another dog being in the house, it's actually really nice. The only thing now is we're getting him used to the fact that where it's a bit more of an unconventional uh, setup than mo- with most dogs, you you know, where she goes away for a week then comes back, he's got to learn to be a bit calm when she first comes back because then he does get uber hyper because it's like, oh, cool, my sister's back. Mm. But it can be a lot for Dottie. So it's just getting him used to like, when she comes back, it's okay. She lives here. But it's kind of like that whenever anyone comes back in. Like, even if you've just been at work for a day, it's like, oh my God, you're here. Ah!" Oh, I've just nipped to the loo. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I've been away for about three months. And we'd thank you not to do that on the sofa in future. Oh, you meant when? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about that time. (laughs) And uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Tanner Lady. (laughs) Sorry. Now this this week's episode is sponsored by Ten Lady, so uh, Nicola can feel protected and pretty. Mm, I can, yes. So anyway, enough of that. Like, look, we are going to get on to some juice south, of course. We just want to do a little catch up. We haven't been here for a while. We like to, to talk to you, the good listener, about ourselves as well as juice south, uh, just for a little bit. In a moment, we're going to be talking about the mask. This week's episode of uh, of juice south, or as it's on the DVD, just mask. So I yeah, know I think which... it's like the mask is a Jim Carrey film. Mm. It may be. You know, like a lot of these. 90s TV titles like to play on film titles. Mm. like And Juice South does get a bit punny with their, their episode names, so who knows. Mm. But there are some orders of business to get to first, and the first one, as ever, is... Yo, ho, ho! We're getting drunk as hell! Tell me what rum are we drinking, Michelle? Woo! Ooh, rum time! So, what dr- rum are we drinking, Michelle? What drum are we drinking? What drum are we drinking? <laughs> are we oh, that, that sounded much, like a really... <laughs> Really bad Chinese stereotype accent there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that was Myers doing. Good, good listeners. So this, so the one we've got today, I'm not entirely sure what it's called. It's called Out. Cut to the rum. Cut, cut, no, to, the cut smoke. to the smoke. No, no. The company is Cut to the rum. Oh, yeah. Cut okay. to the smoke is this is the brand of, of, brand of uh, okay. variety. Yeah. So cut to the smoke. So yeah, and I, I quite like this one. And at first. When you first gave me this rum, I was a bit like, mm, mm, interesting, interesting. But it's grown on me. Very heavy taste, very heavy smell. So mm. I think if you like the taste, it 
it's good but if you if you're not sure about these particular notes mm. it's really not ideal it's very strong on uh tobacco taste and yeah. coffee taste so it uh, in the clue the smoking of it is it just gives that very but it's a very strong um taste not my favorite i must admit i've gone back to an old favorite old hopkins um better with orange juice i'm i must admit i'm not a fan but i don't really like those sort of tones i mean it it was definitely middle of the road for me it wasn't my favorite but i don't hate it you know probably wouldn't buy it again but if you do like those kind of smoky as as you say tobacco-y um, coffee kind of flavoured yeah. ones. It's like turbocharged uh, Tia Maria. Tia Maria, yeah. Mm. And actually, really the, strong Tia The Maria. more I drink it, the more it tastes Tia Maria to me. I mean, there is one called Cut to the Spice. So I'm yeah. really interested in trying that. Because that's going to be a heavy spice flavour probably. Yeah, I, I get I the feeling their brand flavors. is, is yeah. heavy flavours. Yeah. I'm, I'm judging by this because usually you wouldn't have one which is really heavy and then one which is mm. like, you know, usually... You can get a feel for what a brand's going for from one of their range. Yeah, I think this is yeah, this is that ilk. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. I'm enjoying this more than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I think the thing you really liked it. I thought it was okay. I you weren't a fan. A fan. No. Um, so possibly not so yeah. one we'll have again, but um, yeah, good to try a new one for the podcast. Always nice to have a new rum on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that's the rum we're drinking as as. Nicola alludes to there. She's been on the old Hopkins. I have. I've gone back to an old favourite that's nice. Um, that, that, that's, that's sort of like old Hopkins is the like the baseline of this podcast. That's <laughs> that's the home rum, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I would possibly have a cut to the smoke with an orange juice afterwards. And that says it's not as bad as the old Raham. Because the Raham, I wouldn't drink that uh, if there was the no more again, in the world. You and I would both yes. drink the run- I would, rum. I would drink that. Mm. By the way, I've still got a bit left, so we're going to pull a staff on one night. <laughs> however he dresses up, Ian always dresses up and says, well, we'll put some of this in it and put wicked juice with that. And I'm like, well, however you dress that up, I don't want it. <laughs> you cannot polish a turd, as they say. <laughs> Although, well, you if you... Listen to me taste any better. <laughs> I don't know, drinking a lot of rums made me do a lot of things. Never polish a turd. <laughs> the next order of business is <laughs> from that... Mini Mountain Club, A indeed, uh, Mr. Blaine Garrison. Thank you, does, does our jingle. And, uh, of course, Matt Lees is our music man. And uh, just while I remember, I'd like to thank the wonderful Wonky Spanner Network for always hosting our show. What were you looking confused by? Yeah, no, I, you know, I was just thinking, I was thinking, I, these guys are all on here, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. No, oh, God. We're not new at this. What about Nicola? amateurs, Nicola? Wonky Spanner? Well, that's a network. Simon Spindle's Potash. Is he on here? Uh, yes, yes. Our, our dear leader uh, behind the network. And I, I, last week I, I had in the editing, I reminded myself that they were, they'd looked at an office where they were moving a production of Wonky Spanner 2 and they were just moving home to Leeds. And they've done that now. And uh, the office is looking amazing. Wow. Um, just really pleased for you, Simon. It sounds like you and the family are getting on really well up there. You're really pleased with the move. It sounds like I've got some really funky pubs up there, including one where they have D&D played in the pub. Oh, wow. I look forward to seeing him again. I oh, good. Yeah, since, no, nice, uh, nice guy. One of the last um, sci-fi events. So it'd be really great to see them again. Yeah, so we'll be seeing them uh, in November. Oh, we for, will, actually. Yeah. Oh, they'll be there. Perfect. Lovely. At, uh, of course, Sci-Fi Weekend. Uh, um Oh, by the way, yeah, just the other thing I did mention, uh, I, I, as well as recently 
having my first short story published. So I wrote a, a short story which got published in a book of short stories called This Way Up by the Superstars, which is the name of the short story writing collective. Oh, so you're not saying you're, you're a superstar then? You're well, no, I am by very nature of that. I am a superstar because oh, I'm one of the superstars in this collection. It's the fifth collection I believe they've done, but the first one I've been in. So if anyone wants to uh, show support, not only for the show, but uh, for me, quite frankly, please go to Amazon.com where you can find This Way Up by the Superstars and please buy a book. It would mean a lot to me because I'm very proud to have my, my first work uh, printed. But the thing I was going to mention when I suddenly remember that and remember to give myself a plug was that uh, also I've just started writing this year's Christmas play for uh, our other podcast Gallifrey Stand, so we do one every year for charity. So there'll be lots more information on that as it comes up. I'm even hoping to get some Can- Canadian content snuck in. Because this year's going to be the last cri- of these Christmas plays. We've been doing this for five years for charity. Because my writing's starting to get a bit more successful, I want to put a bit more focus on that. But it means that, um, yeah, I want to go out on a high with these uh, these Christmas plays. So uh, please, please stay tuned for further information. Please buy the book. But... If you Enough can, of that. If you, I was just going to say, if you can hear anything as well, um, Benton actually left the room and now he's come back as well. Yeah. Oh, oh God, it's so he's, funny. He's we know when we're watching, watching the episode now, we go, oh, Benny's doing that, talking about on screen. Yeah. Our Benton, known as Benny, uh, always looks up and goes, huh? <laughs> what have I done now? What yeah. have I done? I, I didn't shoot that man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. Well, I'm not hanging from the roof and just falling down into that yeah. um, garbage truck or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we've got a few mini Mounties this week. Very exciting. We do. We of have all ages as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, who wants to lead? Because I think we've got one each. Okay, shall I go first then? So to add to my tribe of nieces and nephews that I've listed, so we've got James, Sophie, Whitney and Leo so far, we've had another little one born, which is little Stephen. Which is quite an unusual name, I think, for nowadays. But it's actually named after um, uh, mum's, Stephen's mum's dad. Have we got any? So it's a family name. Have we got any babies on the list? Or is this the first? He might be the youngest because he's only a couple of months old. Our youngest, our miniest of Mounties. However, there might be a minier one because I am expecting another niece if she gets a. Bum and gear and hurries up and has it. <laughs> she probably <laughs> I thought you were talking about the baby. If she, if no. she gets a bum and gear and gets born. A, a few she weeks gets out of that womb already. Come on. She's due on the nineteenth of September, but a couple of weeks ago she messaged me and said, "Oh, I think it's going to be any day soon." So I'm like, "Great." Next thing I see, she's at the Bournemouth Air Show, and I'm thinking, "Hang on, get on and have the baby. get that baby out." I know. I'm waiting, and you're at the air show having a jolly. <laughs> Although, don't get the baby out at the air show. <laughs> no. Maybe one no. attraction too many. Although, I, had a, I was talking to a guy, sorry, just to deviate. I won't obviously name any names. Yeah, because we never do that on this podcast. No, no well, no. actually, no, it's a guy that um, we often see while out dog walking, and both Ian and I have had, conv- you know, chats with him. But he was telling me, because he's had an awful year, you know, where he said he's had to go to five funerals this year. Um, and his daughter got married. So, yes, he did say, you know, I could make the sequel to Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, Five funerals and a wedding. But he was telling me that one of the people that had passed away actually passed away at his daughter's wedding. Oh, my goodness. I know. It was, he said, I said, really? And it was actually his granddad um, who had cancer, sadly, and a weak heart. And uh, she, he died whilst at the reception. 
Well, that's awful. Wedding. And you know, know. much like Simon uh, Cowell's Callow's character in the film, he died at the wedding. Ah, yes, but there wasn't at the church. Was it? This Might was the granddad at the wedding. Uh, I've never seen sorry. that film. I, I was never great. seen it. And actually, yeah. I think. Sorry, this is really a deviation on a deviation. That's, I think, possibly even new for us. But I think they could do that. Now. Like, if they were ever doing a sequel now, because that was about middle-aged people going to weddings a lot and then someone dying, and so it's almost like your first experience of losing one of your group of friends. You could do something about being a bit older and sadly attending more funerals than weddings, and, like, four funerals and a wedding. Like, it's about the poignancy of being older and... and I think there's a secret in that. that. Work, yeah. I'm just sorry. Maybe it's the writer in me. Anyway, that's really. By <laughs> well, the there way. you go. Work on the script. Yeah. Um, oh, before you go back to list. Also, we should say uh, both Benton and Dotty. Big congratulations! They both won rosettes at a uh, dog show. It was Benny's first dog show, and they uh, both got rosettes for. Uh, it was for Dotty. It was prettiest eyes. Yep. And Ooh. for Murphy, it was not uh, for Murphy. Not for Murphy oh, so has won awards for Benny. Them. For Benny course for his first show it was a dog the uh, judges would most like to take home yeah so congratulations to them both like uh, yes yeah, mm. so. uh, but actually murphy in his day he won a couple of awards he also won actually first prize for the dog the judge so you've got to keep on saying that <laughs> make benny feel bad because he didn't get first so much to live up to isn't and benny third here. for eyes so Benny just warmed me up. Saying. And Dottie, quite frankly, <laughs> how she doesn't win first for prettiest eyes. She just won't. That's criminal. That's criminal. But I, um, I really think so. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Like I keep saying, I mean, we go like to the charity just to give some money to them when they have these charity dog days and stuff. And we just do it for fun. But in my eyes, they've already won anyway. Move so. the microphone with your, your mouth. Sorry. If you move in, to, yeah. In my eyes, they've already won anyway. So, you know, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't care. No, but it's really nice. Yes, it's, you, know, you wouldn't mind if they don't win, but it's particularly gratifying when they yeah. do. Yeah, but I mean, and also what we're trying to do with Benny, and this is what these things do, is we're trying to get him, he's great with dogs, very social with dogs, loves dogs, a little bit people shy, as you as you know, and um, once he gets to know you, as Michelle has found out today, he's all over you, isn't he, Michelle? I've had a lot of kisses today, <laughs> haven't I? Yeah, you but, may see on the uh, yeah. Due South by Southeast uh podcast uh, page on facebook and yeah. on uh, twitter that the, there's some lovely pictures of him giving a nice welcoming yeah. hug to his auntie michelle and i would just yeah. say to anybody that's getting kissed on the face by a dog keep your mouth closed yeah especially yeah. especially or since i'm pretty especially since i'm pretty sure benny was licking himself before that oh oh he often does unfortunately oh. yeah sorry mish Ooh. i went till now to say that as well uh, i need more alcohol to disinfect my mouth now oh good excuses um, any yeah yeah, so yeah, just fun, just charity shows. Well, the dog shows which we, we go to are all done in aid of uh, rescues and which these the money from exactly. them goes towards more dogs getting rescued, so, and, which is what means a lot to us. And you pay to actually enter them, so all that money goes to the to the charities, so that's, that's the, why we go and have fun, yep. don't we? And like I said, sorry, what I was saying about the socialisation, um, great, he loves dogs, but um, which is great, and that's like kind of the main thing. But uh, with people, he's a little bit shy, so we go to these things so that he's... I mean, uh, back in, back when we first got him, if we took him in our local pub into the garden and uh, he just shook and we had to hold him. We had to walk straight out because he just absolutely didn't he? He was a shaking mess. Um, but now, 
he'll go in there and he just wants to have a wander around and I mean he's still like if someone goes to stroke him he'll still go oh but he's actually getting to that point where he's like comfortable we're around people and that's why we go to these things as well so he's sort of getting more and more comfortable isn't he yeah uh, so anyway moving along sorry uh, you had uh, well I'll, I'll quickly do my my yeah. entry for mini mountain clubs Mini Mountain Clubs, Mini Mountain Club. And this is, uh, I alluded to earlier, we had a special top 10 Canadians episode of Due South by Southeast a couple of uh, episodes back. It was with Lucy Caton, who's already on the list, and her boyfriend, Chris Burrows. Nicola was giving me a little bit of a uh, an uncertain look when I was mentioning about him having a few tipples and being a little bit merry. But he was such a great guy, uh, such a great sport coming on the podcast, which... I got a feeling he isn't, uh, he, well, he said he wasn't like usually that comfortable going on stuff, but he did it and uh, he was a really nice guy and it was nice of him to come on, so we really appreciate that. And as always, when someone appears on a mini Mountie episode, they're not, like we don't usually do all the orders of business, so we usually induct them on the next episode if they're not already a mini Mountie, so that's what we're doing right and, here. And to be fair, uh, we've been out through the day as well, and it was the first time we've met us. Yeah. So he was so oh, good cool. on him. I, exactly, I thought he was great. Exactly. I, so, I yeah. thought he was brilliant. So I, I wanted to make it clear because I didn't want to sound like I was taking the Mickey out of him. I just uh, no more than any oh, of us. Like I take the Mickey out of us. Now we sound on the podcast continuously. <laughs> so it's, for me, it's it's like you're just being welcomed into the family. If I make any joking comment about uh, you on the podcast, like that, that's how we take the Mickey out of ourselves. So I think that's it, part of the spirit. Saying, that's how we. Do you mean that's how you... How you... You... No, you take the mickey out of me all the time. Yeah, so you. You're not... Yeah? We've just singled you out. We don't take the mickey out of else. <laughs> how do I put this another way? Tough tits. Anyway, so your mini Mountie for this week. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, my nephew on there. So proud of him at the moment. He's just got his GCSE results. He's done amazingly well. And he's just been accepted into a rather posh um, college in Winchester. Um, so yeah, so proud of him. Um, well done. And, and into the microphone, if you move Ooh. the microphone as you move your mouth. So if you move to speak to Nico, that's okay. Move the microphone with you. Did we get everything? Or do you want me to say it again? Yeah, it's fine. Just, just, just okay. as you speak. He's got to edit now. <laughs> no, just keep going. Just, just don't, don't do dead air like that. Okay, so we'll keep going. Yeah, so I'm going to add my my nephew in, Aaron. Aaron Hassan. Oh, it's all the nephews. Jeez, it's Miles is on there, isn't he? Miles Chapel. Miles. My good son. Ooh, I don't know. I can have a look back through. Yeah, have a quick look. Because uh, we always do like to keep it in the family. I've just thought of another one. Okay, well, okay. Shall I save it for next time? Yeah, save it for next time. Miles yeah. is on there. Cool. So we'll save your other one for next time. Uh, so that's the mini Mounties. That's the uh, the rum that we're drinking. And you, now... Sorry, did you do your mini Mountie? Yes. yes. Yeah, James, uh, Chris Burris. Oh, sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, you're right there. Oops. <laughs> so, uh, good to, to see you, you're paying attention as always. Hello. No, I'll tell you what threw me, because I was thinking, do you have brothers and sisters or just brother? Yeah, I've got one of each. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Have I... Now, I haven't met them, I don't think. No, I? I, don't, I don't think you have, no. I met your brother, certainly. Yeah, I think so. So where do you fall, in the middle or yeah. bottom? I'm in the middle. Yeah, I've never <laughs> met, you. I haven't met your sister, have I? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, probably not. But yeah, my brother, because he used to go to quite similar places um, we used to go to, so I think we... Yeah. But your sister designed you, yeah? I see. 
obviously. Uh, <laughs> I actually, it must have been when I went to the play, it must have been your husband's sister. Is he just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has yeah. he just got a sister? Yes. And no other brother? No, no, no. Ah, uh, I met your, your husband's sister. Yeah, my sister. sister yeah. Or, yeah, that's who I met then at the play. Yeah. That would have been her. I uh, see. And her dear lady? And her lady? Yes, I did. I did. Were they married or getting married? They're getting I, married. Oh, they're getting married. Oh. Yes. I knew there was something. Either they were just married or getting married. Yeah. And she's just had a head injury as well. Oh, no. Everyone, we're calling it now doing a me show. Um, since I mean, I've, didn't we always? Since I've injured my head, um, Gary's mum has fallen and hit her head. Oh. And Gary's sister. Actually, I think somehow she managed to hit it on a door whilst oh, opening dear. it but she badly concussed herself now I'm going to get confused with that because if someone says to me I've done a Michelle I'm not going to know whether they've hit their head or poured a very large drink could oh, be either true. couldn't no, it's me. no no it's I've done a double Michelle no 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 you can confuse it see it's doing Michelle and a Michelle measure Actually, that sounds really yeah. bad doesn't it doing Michelle doing Michelle I mean doing a Michelle could be worse could be pulling a Michelle Hey. <laughs> so, shall we talk about an episode of Due South? Oh, go on then. So, well, we're treating really, yeah. So, um, 34 minutes in? No, 33, 39. Yeah. Okay. So, the mask. Mm-hmm. A pair of ancient Canadian Aboriginal masks. Aboriginal? Yeah, they did re- say that. Do they? Yeah, yeah. they did oh, say that. that as well. Yeah, but then they talked about... Was it South Anyway, it's usually. Yeah, not, anyway, no, right. Inuit, anyway, let's let's Eskimo. go get through the. So yeah. that, that that just tripped me up. Saying. Yeah, that's not Canadian. No, they live in Italy. Anyway, a pair of ancient Canadian Aboriginal masks are stolen from a museum by thieves in the night. Fraser must find the masks and return them intact, with the help or hindrance of an old friend from up north. And uh, that was written by Anonymous, so thank you for writing on IMDb. It was written by, uh, well, it's got Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis, I think, is always credited as creator. And uh, it's a story by Nancy Merritt Bell, Michael McKinley, Jeff King, and Jeff King also did the teleplay. So three writers, uh, which usually actually can mean that it's not the strongest episode if they pull in lots of writers yeah. but I, I think this was a, a perfectly good episode you know we'll, we'll get on to that mm. a bit more uh, in a bit but it was directed by david worry smith so we like to do a little bit of credits if i remember to do it so yeah uh, where do we start michelle with our notes well our notes actually start with um a clip from the show so and it's really nice that we're starting this episode with a benny and Frasier. Benny and Fraser? That's what I've written. Ray and Fraser. Yeah. He's talking to himself, apparently, according to my notes. <laughs> and uh, and Benny's looking, going, what? What did I do? What, what now? I talked to myself. I'm glad I, I realised what I'd written there. Um, yeah, Ray and Benny are having a conversation. So, we've, you know, in the past, we had a lot of these um, kind of beginnings to the episodes. And they've, they've become a lot fewer, I think, in the second series, haven't they? But we're starting strong in this episode. We've got Ray, we've got Benny, and they're in the museum. Yep. And Benny is kind of sorting out the security for these masks, isn't he? And checking and double checking and checking again. Well, that, that's a good thing. It's like, I, I think if you establish a formula, you can then deviate from it because you know what an episode is already because the first series showed you that. But then it's always nice to revisit. So you do have these lovely characterful moments between Benny and uh, and Ray. And, and just this is a lovely example. Yeah. So uh, you're going to hear the clip in a second, but... Uh, Whenever you hear a slight, you might hear a like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. that's 
Benny checking the sensors. So he's checking the sensors on the masks are, are working because he's so um, so worried about it. And, and it's just really nice because uh, I love the way that they managed to find something for ben, Benny to do that it would be part of his job. So like you've got as an engine for episodes, there's a lot of them where they just go into the streets and something happens and they happen to go past some crime. Yeah. And if you do that all the time, like they do that quite often, they do it just enough that they can get away with it. If they did it any more, I think it would seem, oh, well, that's convenient. They just walk past the crime again or something's happened to, to one of them again. This one, it's like they're on security duty for something which like a cop would be involved in that a member of the consulate would be involved because the artifacts have come from Canada. So there's a good logical reason for them to be involved. And because it's a rare artifact, there's a reason why something might get stolen. So there's a lot of good plot reasons for everything that's happened in this one, which I kind of appreciate. They're always kind of coming up with a new way of getting into a story, which is, I, I think, really well done. Yeah, and I, did, I did think it made it obvious that they were going to get stolen. Well, I yeah, we yeah, all okay. knew straight away, yep, they're going. Look, at the end of the day... You're in a situation where there has to be a crime of the week. Yeah. So to that end, there has to be a little bit of suspension of disbelief. But they're cops, so there is that. But uh, to also to make it um, personal to them, it has to involve them somehow, the crime happening, or, you know, that makes it first person a bit more. Yeah. But, but all that being said, I think the way they do it, they are quite skillful of finding new ways into the story. I, I think they, they manage that enough to keep you suspending your disbelief for when they do go for these incredible more incredible leaps yeah no definitely and you know with all the checks that benny's doing even though you know they're going to get stolen you are going to think well how are they going to do this then because he's he's checked this so many times surely this is you know this is safe but you, you know they're going oh and just quickly before we play the clip sorry just keep remembering little things but uh, john wright who was on the podcast a couple of times recently talking about the chief of convention they've sold all their goodie bags now and uh, he has alluded to me, though, and he mentioned this when he was on the podcast, there will be some auction items going up of uh, some rare Juice South goodies and uh, maybe even a few which, uh, well, let's just say Paul Gross was at the event and maybe there's going to be a few items going up uh, on auction. Sweet. Uh -oh. We're going to be in trouble then. What? What, our bank yeah. balance? <laughs> I'm just saying my, my birthday and Christmas are just around the corner, really. Mm, December. Nice, nice. January, so just after yours. Well, exactly, yeah. So, you know, it would be really wrong of us not to buy some stuff. Because we couldn't quite swing buying the goodie bags because Benton. <laughs> Funny enough, puppies are expensive when you just get them. Oh, yep. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's by the way. Here's the first clip. And we call this one... Masking insecurity. No, not masking insecurity. Mask insecurity. Okay. Can I just, sorry, can I just Mask cut Mask I thought, oh my God, what's that on Benny? It's, it's your toe and it's pink glitter. <laughs> I've got a pink glittery toe yeah. here. And I thought, what is that on Benny? Have you painted Benny's toenails? No, no, no Nick, no, it's it like it's a growth, just, but it's have sparkly. Have a look what it looks like. It doesn't look like well, that. Anyway, this is great podcasting. Let's play the clip. <laughs> looks like sparkly balls. <laughs> sorry, what have you painted on him? <laughs> Nothing's painted on him. You Michelle's painted his tie, what sparkly? Look, look, she's got sparkly socks, and it looked like he had sparkly balls because of where her foot was. Why have you got your foot on my dog's balls? <laughs> no, she. It wasn't intentional. Oh, you accidentally had your foot on his balls. I've never intentionally got my foot on anybody's balls. If they sit on my foot, it can happen. You sat on her foot. 
Enough about you and Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for that first clip. I'm almost done. Look, you touch that thing one more time, you're going to wear a hole in it. Well, any job we're doing, we're doing well, right? You're protecting rocks, Frazier. They're not just rocks, right? They are transformation masks. Hand-carved basalt, over a thousand years old. Now, the Shipshin people used them in a winter ceremony to pray that the gods would return the sun to them in the spring. Yeah, well, they give me the creeps. I should stop looking at them. They're looking at me. Now, it's interesting you should say that, because that's what they're intended to do. You see, the inner mask has its eyes open, and the outer mask has its eyes closed, and they interlock, one inside the other. It's the only matching set in existence. Okay, well, that's great. Can we go now? Frazier, coming. Frazier, coming. that's a bit of a long clip so we'll cut it there um but yeah what i really like about this one it's a couple of things one it's a really strong opening for explaining sort of setting up the episode very nicely in advance you know that there's skin in the game for benny because it's from canada that's why he's there there's a french connection as it were and that comes into the episode later so the french are involved in this episode the masks there's there's some humor with him being obsessed with the senses and the other thing which very personally i enjoyed was the bit where he keeps on checking the sense and he's going just coming and he checks them again it's like just coming frazier yep yes okay and he reminds me of coincidentally because uh to cut a long story short basically my son's staying with us at the moment he's borrowed the tv which is usually in the podcast room so we watched this downstairs so i couldn't record the clips through the board like i usually do and so I was like recording with a microphone held up to the TV. So when we came up here, I was quickly popping them onto my laptop and editing the sound levels so they sound all right. And I'll probably have to do a bit of fix once we're editing this down. But uh, Nicola correctly said that uh, Benny's getting a bit restless. Let's walk our Benny before we record the episode. So she goes downstairs, she's ready at the door, she's going, Ian's like, yep, yeah, just coming, just coming, just, just, just getting the sound level right, just be one sec. Ian, yeah, just be one more sec, just nearly there, just really, just right there. <laughs> Squee, yeah, coming, come, come on. <laughs> it's almost exactly verbatim. Is Squee like the replacement of the old beep? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it so kind of works on two levels for me and there's a nice little clip which I've kind of cut off there which uh, is where you've also got after that there's a wonderful bit with Thatcher flirting with the curator of the museum it's really interesting to see her in, in that kind of way isn't it she's so kind of like so much more like a hardball and, and then she is kind of like oh giggly flirting away with this with this guy you weren't standing on a hardball though were you no I don't stand on balls well you just put your foot on them yeah they sit on my foot that's the difference wrong <laughs> 
anyway, uh, it was. But I, that's why I like though. They they introduced her as this really hard ass character, and then every episode she you see a slightly softer side to her, breaking it down. Which, well, you could kind of believe not only is the charm offensive that is Fraser, and I think. The suggestion is people being around him get better just by being around some of that. Yeah, look what happened to Ray. <laughs> but, you know, I believe that. I believe someone who's such a positive light, it kind of comes off on you. Like when you're around people who are really grumpy, you can feel grumpy. Definitely, when you're around yeah. someone who's so positive, they can get you thinking more positively. And I think he's that influence. Mm. But it's also the idea that I would also believe she's new in a new city. She's trying to prove herself as the head of the consulate. And so... You know, maybe she felt she had to come in as a hard ass. And then as she gets more comfortable there, she realises maybe that's putting people off a bit. And some people just like that. When they move into a new place, they can sort of like almost be a bit defensive to begin with on purpose. Like they've got something to prove. Yeah. Mm. Uh, And, you know, especially being a woman in a position of power. Like even, obviously, even till today, but especially in the 90s, the earlier back you go, the more women had to prove themselves in, in the male orientated workplace and maybe yeah when she's got men working under her she feels like she's got to prove it even more because of societal expectations so you know i think it's all in there and i think it's so i think her progression works really nicely from that point of view as well yeah this is actually a really interesting episode for her we see her in in quite a different light i think um during this episode not just this scene but um, a later scene that's going to come up so oh i think we're are we waiting for rum well, I was trying to ask very nice and make good ladies. It was, but room. considering he hasn't actually made one yet, <laughs> I I'm actually enticing him to oh. make one. It is your round. Yeah, but when I'm doing the soundboard, usually you pull the rums. And what are you doing to the soundboard right now? I've got to check, keep an eye on the levels. I've got to uh, control the podcast, keep it all flowing. Oh, that's rubbish. Come on, me and Michelle chat. You do the job. Right, go on then. Sorry, that's Michelle. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like to apologise to the over. listeners. The next couple of minutes is probably going to be a little bit more <laughs> amateurish than even you're used to well, you're with this ramshackle podcast. If they listen to this, they're used to amateur. Come on. Benny's so having a bar. Even, no, even Benny's, yeah, Benny's perked up yeah. now as well. He's having a little bark at something downstairs. Do you want to check to see what he's doing? Sorry, Mish, where were you? Um, yeah, so, well, we've just been talking about um, Thatcher, but, but I think we are. Talk to the hand while you're gone. <laughs> Well, I thought I'd give a little bit more background on the on the episode that we watched today. So these masks that are um, in the museum, they are, they are these ascension masks that um, the Aboriginal Canadians um, use for these ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So I think they're quite spiritual. And apparently the pair that they've got in this museum are the only pair left in existence yes, now, yeah. aren't they? So mm-hmm. they're, they're very special. Very priceless, I believe. And yeah. So, yeah, they're very much wanted, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, of course we know. Some robbers are going to come in and take it. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we know that's going to happen. Yeah. And of course it does. And it's just after um, Benny's finished doing his, like, millionth <laughs> check on these on these sensors as well. He walks away feeling satisfied that they're very safe. Did they get out? I can't remember if they got out of the building now or if it happened they were still in the I building. I don't know, actually. I mean, I assume they were out the building. Well, no, because they ran after them, yeah. so they must have been pretty I think they were. I think they might have still been in yeah. the actual... A museum yeah. when it happened as well yeah. and they did a bit of a um i always think of it as uh, the, the mission impossible oh, I love that <laughs> coming down from the ceiling don't they it's like on the wire coming down to grab them yeah. um it doesn't go to plan i think they get the masks i think the so well, the guy that comes down does, yeah doesn't it? and the other doesn't get quite doesn't get away so he's grabbed yeah so obviously uh, he must have like handed the masks mm-hmm. up but then he gets yeah. stuck like yes. mid 
mid-air. A bit like Santa up the chimney. He's stuck up the chimney. He gets stuck, yeah. He does. So, yeah, and then they get him and then Benton obviously runs off after the uh, other criminal. Yeah, because the guy that's kind of hanging around, they pull the mask, they've got masks on, pulls the mask off of him. He was quite a young guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, 17, I believe. Yeah, I think he was 17. And, yeah, so the guy at the top just leaves his um, thief buddy. Um, does a runner, yeah. so obviously it's Benton that's um, running around the rooftops um, trying to get this guy. Is, there was yeah. a really interesting bit. Um, did get... Ooh, look, we're watching our, our own Benton here. Um, so Benny thinks that he recognises this guy up on the roof and he calls him Eric. Yes, yes. And then poor Benny, he ends up fall- well, kind of falling, doesn't he? He ends up dangling off the edge of a building. Into the bin. Yeah, a, a raven comes along, and he's evermore. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah ends up um kind of yes yeah, yeah. This raven flies at him, and he falls off the building into yeah this yeah. skip full of garbage um below him. Wow, your measures are quite big, aren't they? Yeah, oh, he's really doing nice. a Michelle. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's doing a Michelle nowadays. No, I didn't bang my head. <laughs> What's Benny doing? I think he's doing your soundboard for you. By the look of it, yeah, yeah, they're all helping. He's out doing with a it. better job. He's good. <laughs> Could I have a should... job. Yeah, I think we should vote Ian out. Oh, I mean, uh... shame about the host. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we were just saying. Shame about the host that's uh, not speaking well, at the got... moment. <laughs> right. So yeah, he so he comes off into the. Uh... Into yeah, the... so he, but he's fine. He's absolutely yeah, fine. He's not injured he at all. Yeah. And the guy that they've got from the museum, they take him down to the police station to question him because he's not going to talk. Um, and you asked me to write down for you um, police brutality because there was a bit there wasn't there so do you want me to talk on the microphone you may talk we thought we'd let you join in well first of all it's worth noting that uh, Benny called out to Eric then as soon as he's speaking to Ray he goes oh I'm not sure what I saw so he was then suddenly being very shady Mm. very unbenton like about saying what he's seen and clearly he knows what he thinks he's seen but he doesn't want to say it mm-hmm. so I thought that was very interesting yeah that we didn't know who this eric and was then, that he called yeah out. i mean benny they often play it that uh benny does everything by the rules and ray will maybe bend the rules bend a little bit but he was really just grabbing this guy just really wrapping yep. him up and you think if nothing else he'd know that it's someone from canada and it's someone who maybe benny might have a bit more skin the game with so you think maybe he'd be a bit more gentle but it, I, I actually was quite shocked it's even for for how they portray um ray usually it was quite rough i thought yeah i think especially with the way um ray's kind of progressed through the series yeah. as well like you were saying about you know people becoming better people through knowing you know benny and then all of a sudden there's this kind of brutal side to it's him really interesting out. acting choice i don't know if it's director not, or i was just I, about to say that actually because i was going to say it probably didn't really sit in that episode. No, I don't think it, it did. Really it's not what I'd usually... There. Yeah. yeah. I'd be very interested to... That's one of those things where I'd love to ask one of the actors about uh, why that choice yeah. in that moment. I can understand if they maybe did it in a scene where uh, there was a real obnoxious criminal who was really being obnoxious, winding Ray up. Then I could understand the loss of... Because you could understand how... Um, cops get sort of like you know can get yeah. pressure you know and stuff. but this guy was just sat there not doing a lot young kid yeah, I mean, well he, I'm, I'm wondering because you know. most of the direction on this is 
as usual you know it's really well directed it's a great episode you know it, it's a decent episode but I wonder sometimes every now and again I don't recognize the name of this director and I'm not the most au fait with all the direct names from G-South so it might be someone who's, who's directed other ones but I, I didn't recognize their name so I'm wondering if maybe it's a new director to the show because every now and again you get a new director on a show and people like actors on the show regularly do talk about in interviews about well this was someone who'd come in and they were like trying to do this and we'd have to say to them it's like well this act, this character wouldn't usually do this and sometimes they end up compromising and they'll say well look it wouldn't be cool if you roughed them up in this scene or if you did something a bit out of character a bit different and they'll kind of compromise on stuff between the director's vision or the writers and what the actors know is kind of normal for the character. So I wonder if maybe there's something like that. Yeah. But it did it did seem just that one moment seemed a little to me jarring and I think you guys are agreeing with that. Yeah, definitely. I think if it was one of the very first episodes, I don't think either of us would have been or any of us would have been that surprised by No, you're Ray's right, reaction. actually. Yeah. You know, he was very kind of shady in the beginning. But he's changed so much and yeah, I don't think this kind of you're writing. Probably right. Maybe it's more it series one yeah it, it didn't reflect series one part one like, yeah <laughs> and also it didn't reflect i think like i just said the actual um criminal that sat there just doing that you know yeah, and also a, you know benny being yeah. there as well you would have thought maybe he would be like oh come on you know this isn't he clearly he has some kind of knowledge about what's going on here and people that could be involved and you know. Maybe it's also it's a bit about investment for Ray as well. Sometimes Ray will get more passionate and maybe bend a few more rules if it's something personal to him or if he knows it's something personal to Benny, he'll take it personally. Mm. But it's some masks <laughs> and usually that wouldn't get Ray's sweet spot for getting wound up. Mm. I don't think. Like he's not, oh, masks got so... Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, I think that particular scene just... It's, it's a bit off, isn't it, for, for due south? Yeah. For, you know, we, I think we have high standards for due south now, don't we? I think I always say, like, you know, if, if, if something gets a... Like last week's episode, I think we on average gave it a six and a half, whatever it was. Mm. But that's probably better than most shows, yeah. nines or eights yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's good to show things and it's good to show different aspects of what potentially can happen or what goes... But it, it all needs its place, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this was yeah not quite in fitting, but I have to say, following the scene, straight onto a lovely scene with Elaine. Yeah, and it was it was such a good scene. Uh, our, our girl Catherine Drew, yeah, yes. our girl, and yeah. she was great. And it was you know I think I the note I've made for this is sassy Elaine. I was just gonna say sassy. Sassy, That's exactly <laughs> the word. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 one of her more attitude kind of episodes, which is really nice to see. You know, that's that's kind of part of her character, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, it was the way she kind of said it and her um and her body language as well. It's like you've got visitors and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't be. I'm just. It's almost like she was ready to break into a dance. Or I something. know. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, it was really good. It was, it was it was great to see her in in that scene actually. You know, it's and I think she kind of like uh, playfully enjoys it when she knows Ray might be in trouble. Yes. Not so much Benny, but I think she enjoys winding up Ray. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, mm, you're in trouble, kind of thing, yeah. which is very nice. Yeah, because you know she give, he gives her grief sometimes, and she likes to pay it back. Yeah, yeah. So they're wanted in Walsh office offices. It's only got the one, as far as I know. His office. Um, Walsh's office. Walsh's office. I don't know why that was so hard to say. I haven't had enough run for this. Um, yeah, so we're called in. And I have to say, I was thinking, oh, good. We've got a good Walsh scene coming up. And I, 
he didn't get a very good scene in this, I didn't think. There wasn't too much no. for him to do, really. No. Like, he was more... It was set in his office, but everyone else was taking the lead. Yeah. He was just there as a function. Uh, whereas a really nice one... I kind of miss... We, we, we haven't seen for a few episodes now Walsh giving uh, Ray too much grief. No. And I really love that. That's kind of one of my yeah. favourite things. And he, he never kind of gives Benny grief, but it's always like... Uh, Oh yeah, so you had to chuck down some masks. Cool. You know, he's almost <laughs> like he's very patronising and piss taking with him. But you feel like he's almost got fondness for Benny, and it's like it's almost like with a puppy. It's like well, you know, no puppy's going to do what it's going to do. You can't get mad at him. You, Ray, as the owner of this puppy, though, should be more responsible. It's. I always feel like yeah. it's like that. Funnily enough, with the way Walsh interacts with them. So no, oh, sorry. No, I, yeah, I was going to say it's like you know that Ray must just have like a pile of unsolved crimes on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> well, he really Walsh should be working him. through, but it's like, oh, you, you're doing this silly thing with him again. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, see, I quite like the opening bit of when they come in and Ray's interaction with, and I, her name escapes me now. The, the French lady. No, no, yeah. no. Oh, that, yeah, that was an interaction. Oh, the, the um, DA. That's who it. She's all, oh, he, he, yeah. They've kind no, of got this. No, 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 not her. Louise. No, oh. no, not Louise. Not Louise. Not the Louise. Canadian. The Come Canadian, on, give us something. Yeah, the Canadian woman. Canadian woman. Uh, when he comes in, That's he says, all oh, yes, when he comes in, he says, oh, something about nice shirt. And she tucks her. Oh, she tucks. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. she was all on. Yeah. interaction was quite good. And she went, oh, I was. Yeah, yeah, she, was, right, a, she yeah. was all untucked, yeah. wasn't she? I thought he was very on point there. Yeah, yeah, no, that was nice. Like, and uh, I think that's again that gets back to the relationship he's got with Benny because he knows Benny will never stick up for himself. Exactly. So I think he likes to to prick at her a bit on his behalf. And Not like that, Michelle. And it's almost <gasps> like saying, <laughs> "I don't work for you." Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can call you out on this because he never will. Yeah. Which is exactly how you'd be. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No <laughs> wonder you enjoyed that. That was I you did, in that yeah, situation. Probably, actually. I don't work for you. Like in the dog show, actually. This is a uh, good oh, in online no, we're not take. Go down the yeah, <laughs> basically, oh. yeah, we're, we're at the dog show and oh. I'm there with Dottie and uh, she pulls to kind of, she's very excited about all the dogs around, as is Benny. She pulls forward to kind of like say hello to this dog. And I think she jumps up and maybe just makes contact with this other dog. And this woman's there going, it's like, uh, oh, excuse me. I said, oh, I'm sorry, she's just being playful. She's, yeah, it's all good. I'll, I'll pull her back. Oh, well, I don't think it's really good enough. I said, it's okay, she's only playing. Well, just she could control her. And it's a dog show. This dog's all about, if your dog isn't playful, probably they shouldn't be at a dog show if they're not up for interaction with other dogs. So far like, back, she wasn't and off lead. She didn't leap at him. It was just he wanted to play. And this is exactly what I hear from Nicholas straight away. And I'm going, "What's well, okay? The good result they've gone." He I, just, I just, gonna I be just like turned that. around. And I said, "Is there a problem?" <laughs> I said, "No, no, no. There's no problem. Let's move on. Move on." I'm always getting uh, Nicola on lead. <laughs> so, come on, don't go, don't go. Yeah, <laughs> that's my little girl there. What are you talking uh, about? So we get we get around to the side of the um, the they've got two rings set up for the the contest. And so then there's a contest, so uh, Nicola goes to go in with Benny into yeah. one. So we enter them into one each other time because we know they'll try and play with each other. Do you want we me to... we don't want to put them into competition against each other. And plus, boy, girl yeah. and dog, girl, they're usually in different categories. Do you want me to go from there? Yep. yep. So basically what this woman had said is she'd accused Dottie, Dottie of trying to attack her dog. So right. It was ludicrous. Right. right, yeah, because Dottie on lead had just gone, oh, I want to play. 
okay. And the and fluffiest Labrador said, you're ever going to yeah, meet yeah, as well. You know, says, softest thing. Don't talk about, like, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we get into, I get into the ring and her friend who was with her at the time walked in with her dog and Ian went to me, don't say anything. <laughs> so I stood there and her dog, her friend's dog growled, growled at Benny. So I turned around to Benny and said, best not go near that one on the, to be on the safe side. And it was the glee and the smile on Nicola's face as she told me this when she got out of the ring. And I went, and looked at me and I went, I only said little something. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, the end of the day, how can you say that about one and then have a dog growling? You know, acceptable Double for one, standards, not for isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. But yeah, this kind of reminds me of that a bit. <laughs> oh, honestly. The thing is, is it's one of these places, I think, that um, you when you go to dog shows, you get people like us that are there for fun. You get people there that they open the boot of their car. I mean, I, we didn't see it at that one, but I've seen it before. They open the boot of the car and they've got rosettes covering the whole of the boot. They take it seriously. They all think they're, even though they just own dogs they think they're the best dog trainer in the world you know you you get a lot of that so you either get people that are there for fun or people there that think they're what's his name caesar doodah romero yeah who caesar think the joker do you know what i mean and they're, they're, the joker yeah. from batman yeah 66 that's the yeah. one yeah so they all think they're the joker caesar from Milan. batman they all turn up with the purple suits on yeah and yeah but yeah i mean it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is one of the many reasons why I would never really want to go to crafts. I've seen some of the stuff on TV, and it's okay, but I understand they the dogs are treated very kind of like should be seen and not heard. They're kept in crates between the contests. I don't like that kind of aspect of it. I'm actually get sort of going a bit against watching it now, but for those very reasons. But it's the way people treat them. It's like so seriously. There's no fun to it anymore. Whereas these like local dog shows are great. There's so much fun. The dogs enjoy it. It's great. If you go to some light crafts, I don't think you get that atmosphere of fun. It's all taken very seriously. And I think some of these people who go to these other ones, they've gone to those dog shows and they're surprised when people are being playful with their dogs at a fun dog fun day, which is what they call called yeah. fun day specifically. I mean, I go, actually, it's funny because next week we're going to the Romsey show. And I always joke because obviously I uh, joke with Ian about his posh area of living. I only joke. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really funny because I said, he said, oh, would you like to go? Should we go to the Romsey show courtesy of my mum? And I was like, oh, that sounds very lovely. And um, I said, however, I said, are we going to go to the dog show? And it's going to be like, ooh, what's that you've got there? Is that a cut and shut? <laughs> <laughs> They'll see Benny and go, did you use some extra parts in that one? <laughs> Where he's a long kind of sausage dog body. And for those who may, I don't know if um, everybody across the world knows cut and shut, but basically for here, it's where you take vehicles, two different types of car, and illegally put them sm sort of Or even just two together. cars of the same yeah. type. Two cars, but you, yeah. you half them and slap them together, and it's illegal to have them on the road. So basically yeah. a cut and shut is, that's what it is, if, if you know, don't yeah. know. There may be, there's probably other terms for it in Canada, America, mm. Australia, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's what we call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a cut and shut little dog. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there was an episode due south, I believe. Yeah, well, uh, so, yeah, yes, but, what but, I was going to say about yeah. some two hours ago. <laughs> but this is... I thought it's this probably is... <laughs> the, the most digressions we've had 
on an episode. Although we've got half a bottle of rum left, so we're all Do right. we keep going? We're good. We go to the um, rum centre. Oh, that's not like. half. Is it not? Oh, oh no, it's no, not. No, not from me, well, no, right, get, one get a move on. on, get a move on. <laughs> go on then. Um, okay. What I was going to say, this is actually a really good episode for Ray and women. Oh, Ray and women. Ray and women. So yep. he's got this. Well, he, in his head, there's four or five women that he's playing with. <laughs> in reality, there's two. There's two. Yeah. But yeah, so he's got this Louise. Which is even more like yeah. like Ray. Like yeah. the, the, there's more game going on than in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> but there's Louise and he's already been on one date with her. And she's a bit of a ball buster as well, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, she? she's the DA like who reoccurs. Yeah. And they've always got this kind of yeah. like... It's almost like the... Um, you know, they're arguing, but you know there's a reason why they're arguing. Yeah. There's a kind of some flirtation there's tension in there as well. There and, mm. it's, it's really nicely done. <laughs> that was a... Mm. Mm. Oh, <laughs> are you rubbing your trousers there? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> With sound effects. Love it. Podcast going up in the world. Sound effects. And sound effects nowadays. <laughs> and we do them ourselves. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... You know, he's got this Louise, he's got a bit of a thing going on with, he's pulling up this Thatcher, that sounded probably worse. Pulling up his Thatcher. Pulling up Thatcher, worse than I meant it to sound. Uh, and he's flirting with this French lady as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and that's going nowhere, though. Yeah, nowhere. Well, no, actually, no, I no, say that. She was quite reciprocal yeah, in a little one. way. Yeah. But it's not no, going right. to go anywhere, though. But, no. but I think no, it was a genuine still, flirt. Actually, even that one he got somewhere with, so probably oh. it's most successful as well. Because usually they like to... Well, usually they like to play with the fact that he's got some luck with women but he thinks he's got four times the luck he actually has yeah. so whenever I'm a bit a, a, like you no I know <laughs> I've got that um, well yeah you know you're lucky now but my luck's been changing over the last what has it been a year and a half now honey two years in yeah. November babe yeah you lucky boy <laughs> <laughs> people get out earlier for murder sometimes <laughs> do I know I've looked it up yeah <laughs> Yeah, I do notice that uh, both you and my ex-wife both like the show uh, Deadly Women, where mm. a woman calls, kills quite often a, a man, sometimes their husband, every week. Uh, every, week. Coinc- every week. Every <laughs> week. New one every week. On a different episode of the, the thing. Is that a coincidence you both watch that, yeah? Well, no, no. I mean, you know, obviously me and Claire probably don't sort of message every week just to take notes. and yeah. I mean, it is, it is like most men would feel very uncomfortable with their girlfriend and their ex-wife being so yeah. pally with each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I must admit, when I when my mum, when I first took Ian to meet my mum, and she said to me, oh, um, she said, oh, have you, have you seen Ian's ex-wife? And I went, I'm Facebook friends with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, obviously, you know, because it's all amicable, and why not? I mean, and you at share the end a day, exactly. And at the end of the day, I I really can't be bothered. I'd rather put my energy into just getting on with things and Absolutely. chilling out than being actual bothered with being bitter. Or well, I've got nothing to be bitter about. Why would I be bitter? So, my friend, you know, there's no point, and that's how I look at it. It's just, you know. Yeah, good way to be. It, I think so too. I mean, it's you know. Well, I mean, the thing is, there's only ever a reason to be like that if there is an argument there, but there isn't. Well, that's the whole point. It. There's no I mean, argument. It just. I like yeah. to take people for face value, and you know, if, if I've got a problem with someone, then. But yeah, so yeah. but I, I, it is quite a nice that they've kind of given Ray a bit of a break this episode, it where because I think all of us have moments where. There's probably some things we each 
lie to ourselves about ourselves. Like there's some, some things which we like to think we're better at than probably we are. But there's moments where we become that. There's an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, just to again digress, where this character called Barkley suddenly becomes super intelligent. He gets mm-hmm. hit by this alien whammy and he gets like really super intelligent. He kind of like he's he's dynamite with the girl suddenly he's able to play chess which he could never before he, he, and they talk in that episode about we all get these moments in our lives when we become more than we usually are and hopefully we take something away from that experience but it's almost like it's that week for Ray that yes. in this week he's being exactly who he thinks he is the rest of the yeah. time he's having that one week where he's just being lucky with all the ladies we've all probably had moments like that even, even if it's not about the ladies or about the men We've all had those moments where we've had just we've been shitting luck basically with things we're doing, and I love the fact that this is his week for that. You know that seems very real to me. Yeah, I don't must, know if they intended to do that, but he must have just looked in the mirror and just thought, "I'm on fire today." Yeah. <laughs> that is hot. French girl likes me. Uh, they've got a date with the DA who I'm always like flirt arguing oh, with, and, and gets, there's a hot and newer girl which we'll get to later. It gets better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I mean, whoa. It was the bit, the next note, Michelle. Ah. My next note was actually the um, the origami bird. So the guy that they've got in custody. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm spilling my rum, down me. Do you want a bit there? Not not dribbling, spinning. Some nice pretty pants with a flower on them. No, I just need um, <laughs> I need a bib. Is what I need. <laughs> If it could be a pelican one, so then Again, afterwards uh, I can eat this the episode... and drink the. Oh, do you remember those? Oh yeah. Oh, they were cute. The pelican bibs. So this episode, once again, brought to you by Tanner Ladies' Discreet Panties. <laughs> and if you've got water coming down your legs, get one of these round your kegs. Tanner Ladies! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to come up with something for pelican bibs as well. Yeah. <laughs> Although, don't make it sound smutty, because a pelican bib is for a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's leave that one alone. Or, or very grown adults that can't drink properly. <laughs> like me. Apparently. I'm going well, to get you one. So the um, criminal, so they have to release him. They've got nothing to keep him there, really. But before he gets, he's fiddling with this paper, isn't he, in the interrogation room, and he leaves it there. And it turns out to be quite significant. So Benny has seen him doing this. He goes into the room afterwards and he picks it up and he's made like this origami bird thing, hasn't he? And so obviously they know, but Benny doesn't know who he is, but he's got a bit of an idea of what's going on. So they follow him and he does a runner. And they end up with this like interesting bit on the train, don't they? It's the yeah, underground train. Yeah, really, I, I love all this. And the one thing which sprang to my mind, because uh, sorry, no, you, you can. No, I was going to say just it was just so like, I loved the way they film it. This is one of the things I love about this program. The way they filmed it was just amazing. It's so beautifully shot, and I think they make the most out. This is something again I, I spoke to John Wright about. They make so much out of every location. So several locations are reused in New South. So when they were doing the convention recently, they went to loads of the places where they filmed, like and and there's so many locations where they filmed so many different episodes, but each time it looks different because they're really clever about the angles they used, about setting up to look like somewhere different, and like if you've got like there's an old brewery they use in several episodes, and they film from different angles, use different parts of the uh, brewery, and it never feels like they're just filming the same handful of locations. Because they've worked smarter, not harder, and they've saved a lot of money. It wasn't a cheap show to make, but they've made the most out of every cent of the budget on, on New South. And, and this, yeah, you, like you say, this is a great example of that. 
yeah, this scene really stuck out to me. There's this, this amazing scene. And so, yeah, this guy's done a runner. They end up on this train station platform. And they're staring at Benny. And we we'll call him Dave. We know his name's David, this guy. And they're staring at each other. They're at different carriages at this train. And you just know that he wants to get on this train to get away. And Benny is just staring at him. And you just know they're thinking, right, if you get on this train, I'm getting on this train too. And there's all, lots of people like around getting on and off the train and that. And then all of a sudden you see David just vanish and he's on the train and Benny's like, right. And he gets on the train as well. And then as the doors are closing, then David kind of jumps off to the last second. jump out at the last second. So Benny's then stuck on this train. Well, he and goes so to, think... and then there's a guy who gets on with a, uh, something in his hand, like a birdcage or something ridiculous yeah, like yeah. that. And it blocks him coming off. Yeah. So then this guy runs across the platform and gets on a, on the train on the opposite platform. And you're like, oh, he's never going to catch him now. But Benny actually manages to get off of his he, train. He saw crowbars he open with his hands, the, it, yeah. the doors. Forces it open. Gets up, and he's running off the train. This is the bit I want to comment on. It just reminds me so much of Victoria's Secrets. I'm going, yes. Benny, you did not have the best of luck when you're running off the train. <laughs> yeah. Stop it now, yeah. just in case. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah, David gets away at, at this point. Um... And then I think this is when Benny goes back to his apartment. And I just love what happens from there on Mm. afterwards. So Benny, he walks back to his apartment and his his flat, the door to his flat is open. You're like, oh, what's going on? So he walks in and then, because when he was on the roof, he said this name, Eric. He walks in, there's a man in his apartment and this guy is Eric. And the wonderful thing is you now see his face for the first time and you see he's the same guy from the pilot of Juice House. Yes. Who um, was the one who shot uh, raise, yeah, yeah, the caribou, <laughs> the caribou who was the person who was about to shoot Benny, yeah, who was trying to kill him to cover up the murder of his dad. And it, it's 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 nice to have like that little callback, and there was good reason. And it just brings in the whole like from that moment on, you really heavily bring in the tribalism of where Benny came from. What I like about the way that that's set up as well is there's a lot of times when. In American TV and British TV, you know, it's, it's been bad for it over the years, where it's like that white saviour thing of like yeah. the white person is like, oh, he's come to this different culture and he's the best warrior they've got. <laughs> he's suddenly mastered Kung Fu. The experts in Kung Fu who are actually from that region aren't as good as him. Whereas Benny, it's more like he's respectfully learnt from these people, but he's not better than them. He's maybe... As good them as, as tracking because yeah. he's respectfully learnt from them, but he's not put in a position above them. And I think it's okay to say that someone, if he learns from people, you can learn their ways of tracking, for instance. And I believe in Canada, there maybe is a tradition of learning things from the native population. And when it's in symbiosis like that, it doesn't feel so kind of like a taking of the culture, it's yeah, sharing, sharing in it. it yeah. And I think that's where, like, I don't mean to get too deep in this, and we'll get back to the last in a second, but I, I I, think that's where, like, I hope the conversation can be a bit more nuanced because sometimes, like, people go on about a cultural appropriation where it's... Yeah. If it is taking from someone's culture, that's wrong. If it's sharing someone's culture and appreciating it and learning from it and incorporating a bit of that in who you are, I think that's a, a wonderful thing to do. Isn't that what we want? So are we talking about the fact that um, the, we had uh, the Canadians and the French who, who were after the masks? No, I'm talking more no. about, like, there's, you've got this uh, tribal elder from the Inuit. Oh, right, sorry. Uh, you, uh, you keep saying Inuit, though. Inuits are Eskimos. 
and that keeps throwing me. Well, the Inuit are the people from where Benny's from. That's that they call themselves the Inuit. That's referred to in the, this episode and many oh, others. It? I also thought Inuits were Eskimos. Well, they, yeah, there is a thing of in the wilderness of Canada, the, the people known as Inuit ah. were called Eskimos. Every in the past. day's a school day. Yeah, but I've also had this thing, and I don't know how true it is, that apparently Inuit is only one tribe of many. So when you even use Inuit, it isn't exactly right, but it's it's a tribe in okay. in Canada. Regardless, though, yeah, these, these people are the Inuit, Inuit, and there is a, I, I just feel like there's sometimes this really good cause of not allowing people to steal from other cultures and appropriate it and saying, yeah, as I say, an American or a British person who's gone over to this person, oh, suddenly they're the best one at Kung Fu, better than all the rest, clearly they are the chosen one. And that feels a bit like you're taking the culture, whereas if someone, like... It's just become really good at it by sharing someone's culture. I think that's a beautiful thing. And, like, Absolutely. you've learned from them and you've learned their ways mm. and you've been respectful of their ways. And it seems like a lot of the times, like, in real-life books that I've read, like, there's this one called The the Horse Boy. It's about this uh, kid with autism and his parents take him on a journey of meeting the shamans uh, um, across the world. And they, from them learn to calm the boy because he's got this he, he has this connection with horses like there's this horse which is quite violent near the beginning of the book and this kid in real life like goes up to this horse and it calms around him and like the parents are so worried but the kid calms this horse so they go on a spiritual journey and they meet with these uh tribal elders and they treat them very respectfully and they take to their customs and, like, there's some bits where what they're doing doesn't really jibe with, like, you know, how, you know, like, they're, they're, they're beating the kid with branches, basically. But it's part of the ceremony. And it, it talks a bit about, like, how uncomfortable that is to a Western eye, but that's part of their culture. And they try and work between keeping their child safe and respecting this culture. And that's about kind of, like, going in and abiding by someone's culture, not taking from it. Like, you're learning from that culture. I think there's a big difference. I think Chew South has always been really good at like showing Benny learns from the culture. He doesn't take from it or try and say like, you know, he's better than the Inuit opinion Inuit. Do you know what I mean? That's, oh, I, 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 I just yeah. think this, I know, I know we're just talking about the first scene with Eric, but throughout this episode, there's a very good example of that. Yeah. And like they come into Benny's house and they're building like a, um, a, oh, sweat, a, huts. sweat huts and stuff like that and they're smoking meat and oh, stuff then. yeah 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 we'll come on to that so um yeah so benny and eric can sit down they have this conversation and they i think benny he knows that eric is someone to be a little bit wary of mm -hmm. um he's not completely convinced but one thing they can agree on is that they both want to find this david and they both where want you, to find the Nicola? masks i'm not going anywhere i'm making drinks yay oh, sweet let me just finish man because I'm taking Done. my turn. Thank you. Well, about time you took your turn. Cheers. As do I and Michelle do quite regularly. <laughs> well, take turns on each other. Okay. Ooh. So, Michelle. Yeah, that'll come later. Um. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that. I hold you to that. Not, as will I. not encourage him. Oh, don't. It'd be like, <laughs> you don't get it. Let's wrap this up now. Bye, everyone. And he said that will later as well. Anyway, go Anyways. On. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, so they both want to find this David, they both want to find the mask, so they kind of set off together to um, find them. But yeah, in the meantime, Eric kind of brings all these people into into Benny's flat. Are they, I don't know if they're family or just um, people from the... 
No, they they do say they're family. They but are family, I think, but is it, I don't know if they're is all it family and family sense. Or... Family is in birth relations yeah. or family through a tribe. Yeah. But I think those two terms are sort of interchangeable in yeah. some tribes. I don't know in this case, but I I got the feeling it was a, a tribal family. Oh, another another empty bottle of rum to join the collection. <laughs> Sweet. We got a bottle collection here in the due uh, south by southeast log cabin recording room. <laughs> where we, we, we hold all the bottles of different rums we've had. Right, go on, Michelle. Yeah, so I was getting distracted by looking at all the lovely bottles of rum. Yeah, the, the, there was a funny bit that I picked up on, and I think you were talking a lot, so I don't know if you even saw it at the time. Um, so all these people are in Benny's apartment, mm. and you know, Benny, in the morning, when Benny wakes up, he wants to go and get ready to go to work, and he actually walks into his closet and gets dressed in there and comes out of the closet. I didn't know if either of you saw that, but I just thought that was a really oh, funny bit. <laughs> I, made, I made a note of that. It was so funny. It was just like, uh, you know, just people everywhere in this flat. And it was just funny. The way you know that what? They that reminds there. me of, and it's from the same, uh, about the same time, you know, the new adventures of Lois and Clark. Actually, Lucy on the episode she was on, she said that when that show finished, Due South started and she was like, obsessed with Dean Kane and Superman and then when Jude South came along and it was Paul Gross he was like oh new obsession <laughs> and it was... It, there was an episode of that whereby it went to this alternate reality basically where Clark Kent hadn't become Superman but he had these powers and he just you know everything worked a little bit differently so I don't know I think it was Superman but everything was different somehow so to get changed like in that episode he would twirl around and then suddenly he'd be in his uh, Superman out there, yeah. where he'd go into, he'd do it in some flamboyant way, and then this episode he goes like uh, he's in the Superman outfit, goes to this cupboard, and comes straight back out in his normal clothes, and Lois like, oh, what, what's wrong? It's like, well, usually you do this kind of twirly thing when you're getting changed. You just went in the cupboard, you know, it's just a bit boring. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to be that. I like that. You've just reminded me of something actually, which is something I thought about on the night when we did the record with Lucy is her knowledge of due south was amazing yeah i mean i know that sounds crackers because i think to myself you know i know she's always she kind of said oh i love due south as people do you know and they go oh i love it but you don't yeah. really know until people start talking what their knowledge and she had this massive probably a lot more than me because they're so and, it's surprising me oh, the she knew little i can it. remember from watching yeah it. me and too she, she really... you could tell she loved it and i think she'd actually written to paul gross or something yes massive yeah. amounts of things oh. she'd done anyway and also it means the thing Sweet. was when it was uh dr Detective Squeeze fortieth birthday. She as a present she gave him her um a signed copy of which yeah. actually a video yeah. sleeve for someone from an eye for an eye and the blue line yeah. which is signed by Paul Gross and, and Dave actually, Marciano. Knowing her her love of it and what you know, it that is a really lovely gift to actually it's give amazing. someone really is, part it? of your memorabilia. When you love something so much, is when, when she spoke. No, that does mean a hell of a lot yeah, to me. Absolutely, because uh, you know, like you say, there's a lot of people who you'll mention to yourself. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I love that show. But it'll be kind of more like, oh yeah, I remember seeing it. You know, and it was yeah. cool. Whereas when she was talking about, it, it's like she had the deep bench knowledge, and it was really great. And you can tell she was really obsessed with it when she was younger. And she'd written to him, I couldn't believe yeah. that bit. I was like, wow. Yeah. So no, it's it's really great fun. Uh, but yeah, yeah, back to you, Michelle. Yeah, back to me. And um, I would try and keep this quiet, but you normally try and make a deal of it anyway. So you I'm need a wee, gonna... don't you? Yeah, I do. I do need, need a wee. Need... Oh well, 
Michelle, Michelle he could have just gone. Why do you have to make such an announcement of it? Michelle, be quiet, and then you announce it to everyone. Nicola, yeah, Nicola, so, could you still make it? We such should a have like, deal, uh, like you know, when we have rum of the week and stuff like that. <laughs> we need a Michelle. Michelle's we of the week. Yeah. <laughs> We need a jingle. So, Blaine, uh, Blaine I'll be if breaking we... off to you after this episode. <laughs> Michelle needs a wee, eh? No, no, it, w- it won't be Michelle needs a wee. It'll be like, who's going for a pee now? <laughs> but I will leave us with something before I go for a wee. Oh, hopefully not oh. a wee. <laughs> <laughs> a little present on the sofa. Are you wearing um, your red uh, pants? <laughs> Once again, though. Um... Oops, pants on. No, if I had my oops pants on, I wouldn't have to go downstairs no, for a wee, would I? I You'd never I've missed a trick. I've I know. missed a trick. I need to get some oops pants. We all need oops pants. Where are we looking at Ian? <laughs> Ian's looking at us like, get us some oops pants. that's not happening. <laughs> You're not you sitting supply... on my sofa weeing. Can you supply those for next time? But they come pants. in pretty pants with flowers on. I'll have black ones. He's not convinced, is no. it? Anyway, so I'll, I, can le- <laughs> I can leave us with a clip. <laughs> so... <laughs> After after Eric has brought in all his family, um, the next morning, um, Benny and Eric go downstairs to meet Ray in the car. And well, before we do, though, just remember that we're sponsored this week by uh, <laughs> Tanner Lady. When you've got a slight bladder spasm, <laughs> put some of these around your lady chasm. Tenor Ladies! And just to be clear, seeing as we're not sponsored by Tenor Lady, there are other very, very good brands out there to buy. No one's going to put me up on Lady Chasm? Okay, cool. (laughs) We're going to just leave that out there. Um, Yeah, so there's a clip (laughs) from the show that I shall leave everyone with while I um, go downstairs to see the business. Um, No fine without smoke. No fine. No fire without smoke. Fire, that's my handwriting. (laughs) No fine without smoke. No fine. (laughs) No fire without smoke. Hello, ladies. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Quick, run, Mish. So, Nicola, it's a shorter clip uh, than the other one. I love this one. It's just, it's very, uh, it's so due south to have something so ridiculous happening, to have uh, Benny having an Inuit family mm. staying at his. Of course, there's there's plumes of smoke coming out of his bedroom window. Yeah. And the more ridiculous the moment, the more he acts as if it's normal. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh yeah, of course, they just, oh, it's nothing to worry about. They're just like uh, smoking some, some food up there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I love the fact that it started off with you can stay here, one person. Yeah. Next day, everybody's moved in. It's it's just great. I mean, I was just looking at um the notes we've got here. So the next note we've got is Inuit dating advice. So obviously Ray was looking for somewhere swanky yeah. to take his swanky. Uh, that was swank. Yeah, swanky. not not wanky. I'd... We're not on radio. Yeah, but usually this is why I love this. Like suggestion this is nice. Sometimes you don't have to go. Oh, suggestion. Right... What, like, what was it you said earlier? Lady, Lady Palm? No, the palm. 
don't know what you're you were telling about. us a joke and then you said, yes, you do. Pleasure of the palm? Pleasure from the palm. Pleasure of the palm. And I was like, what the hell? Are we in the 19th century. Oh, pleasure of my palm. From my palm. So, um, yeah, dating advice. So, yeah, he was looking for somewhere swanky because he kind of like... Swanky, that is. It's you. funny because I always love this bit. Um, when you watch these programmes, yours it always kind of sways to thinking that women... If you date a woman, they always want the best of the best. That's not quite the case, I don't think. It's Ritz or nothing for me. Really? <laughs> no. Or biscuit. Biscuit. No. I'm more Pizza Hut. <laughs> but I mean, I'm actually one of these. I don't mind if it costs a million pounds or 10p, as long as that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, that's the way I look at it. So for me, he was kind of sort of looking for somewhere swanky, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. And I loved the suggestions because the chef's suggestions were like almost like, you know, Go to the local grill bar. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I um I started a new thing when I was on holiday um, about a month back. You know the saying, you, you know, she'd wine and dine a lady. Oh, yeah. She'd wine and chip me. <laughs> what? Just in <laughs> the head? <laughs> yeah, no. You get you drunk. That's why you've got a dent in your head. Yeah. Gary took it literally. Your <laughs> so he got you drunk and then tried to chip you. Yeah. He's got a golf club and... Psh- no, um, when I, <laughs> I went to a seaside town, um, yeah, about a month back for a summer holiday. And oh, the commune you stayed at? <laughs> commune. Um, no. Oh, this was your own daughter was saying, it's like, yeah, it was one of mummy's hippie we places. We joined the It was a bit of a hippie. Yeah, yeah, she did use the cult. This is Neve. Mini Mountie Prime says it even. It was a bit of a bohemian B&B. Cult, cult yeah. <laughs> Bed and breakfast that we cult. stayed in. <laughs> In the complimentary ten ladies. In the middle, yeah. in the middle of the English Riviera. 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 I'm not making it sound any better. It's the Riviera. It was. Well, anyone, it was, anyone who knows, chips. anyone who knows Devon. <laughs> yeah, Riviera. Devon. Stayed, I'm in Devon. Or in Riviera. <laughs> Painting right next to Torquay. Lovely, beautiful place. Somerset, it's beautiful. Um, Somerset. <laughs> Somerset. So go down to Devon, Cornwall in England. It is the most beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful. Yeah. But on the they have, they've got a pier in Paynton, and if you and on the pier they've got a place where they sell chips. And if you sit inside to order your chips, you can have a glass of wine as well. Oh. I'll be like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine with my chips. Thank you very much. <laughs> so oh, I was like, oh, lovely. wine. And, so yeah, wine and chips is a new thing for me yeah. now. But that's it's it. Got wine mean, and chip me. Like I say, I don't think, I know they say wine and dine and all this, and I know there are women out there that uh, don't sort of, uh, they do like the fine things in life, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine for yeah. them. But I don't think we should assume that everybody no. does. You'd may, probably make me feel awkward if I was to go to a fancy restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, like I say, if it's something I want to do, that's where I want to go. And we've done some wonderful things that have not, I don't think I've actually, actually, no, our first date, yeah. Oh, t- do tell. Yes, do our, tell. Our first yes. Day, actually, that's a lie. We went away. It's probably the first time we went away. And we were like, oh, we'll go for a nice meal, shall we? We'll go for a lovely meal. And it was actually before Ian become vegan. Um, or became vegan. Became vegan or become became. Become became. Um, become became. <laughs> and um, we'd actually, you were just starting out as vegan. So, like, on an off day, he might have some meat. Well, it's a thing they call on this day rare and appropriate. And to begin with, it's funny how it does happen to a lot of people who do this diet, that to begin with, on those days, a lot of people have meat. And then as it goes on, because you get used to your new diet, just the meat goes away, so rare appropriate is more 
having crisps and chocolate, you know, vegan chocolate and, you know, still vegan, but it's just vegan junk food, basically. That becomes your rare and appropriate. Yeah. Just naturally changes. So we were sort of going to say, we'd gone to Cardiff for the weekend. We'd like to say, very, very new dating. First weekend away. Oh, we'll go somewhere nice for dinner, shall we? Okay, where should we go? And then someone, I think it was either me or you went... Oh, I quite fancy KFC, haha. Ha. I quite fancy KFC. That's where we went. Yeah. Oh, right, we went to KFC. So we went to Cardiff. We thought we'd... Let's get something uniquely Cardiff. KFC. <laughs> KFC. We went for our date was in KFC. Mm. We did have a Tim Hortons, though. We so, did. And well, we which also is Canadian, went... I know, but uh, Cardiff's one of the only places in the UK you yeah. can get Tim Hortons. And we actually then went on to Bella Italia, which is an Italian restaurant yeah. that weekend. But, our but another first, chain. Our it was first all chains. date that we were like, oh, where should we go for a lovely meal? Oh, we're going to go to KFC. Oh, well, when we're not recording, I'll tell you about a date that me and um, Gary had in, in Pizza Hut. Okay, we're not recording now. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> what did you do in Pizza no, Hut? You can't do anything. I won't say what she did, but I will just mention uh, we're sponsored by Tenor Ladies. <laughs> when you've got liquid um, coming down your thighs. No, sorry. Uh, when you've got. Sorry, no, oh, that, that disappointed. I thought something special was coming Someone's been watching then. Saturday Night Live or has it in his head. <laughs> when you've got something leaking from them lips. Get these around your hips, tenor lady. Yeah. Um, so, Misha, why won't you tell us what happened in Pizza Hut? Nothing bad happened. Did you have you an accident? No. no, I'll tell you later. This is nothing bad. It's nothing But horrible. if it if it's not bad or horrible, do we want to hear it? <laughs> well, I thought it was, in a way, a nice story, and I'll tell you later. Um. <laughs> but do you know what I actually wrote down, and this is your fault? Detective Squee. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I wrote down Stephen King's son. Oh, Stephen King's son. That's great. Oh, why, why would you write that? That's weird. Because you thought Stephen King's son was in it. No, I didn't. You did. I, I don't think I did. You think, said that Stephen I, King's I will tell son. you, I definitely didn't think that. I might have said that. No, you didn't, Did he, he, did he, he not tried say, to convince Ooh, me? No, no I think People who have been listening to this podcast for a while may remember a few times earlier on in the show where I gave to Michelle. Oh, and of course, that's um, that girl grew up to be... As uh, the senator for for Washington, really was it? No, not at all. And so I totally did one of those today. It's like, and um, you realise that guy is Stephen King's son? She, really? No, no, no. no so no. I wrote it down before he told me. No, no, that that's not. I'd already written down Stephen King's son because I thought, oh, that's that's great. It's Stephen great. King's it's a great game we can play with any of your loved ones. Just watch a show. Pick anyone at random and make up a fact of who they are or what they went <laughs> on to be. Or anything like that. You know, that's a young um, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. You know, that's, that's, I know they've got a young Sheldon now, but that is, that's him when he's younger. To pick somebody who doesn't even look like him, and the person will usually go, well, really? No, no, not at all. Yeah, well, that worked on me, didn't it? Yeah, always does. Yeah, so I wrote that down before I realised it wasn't true. <laughs> so I'll move on for that fact. What you Useless can't see, fact. dear listener, is how proud of myself I am at that. <sighs> Anyway, my next writing is much better. Diefenberger. Nice. Oh, yes. Nice. So they're trying to track down this David, and they found this abandoned car. There's a half-eaten burger in there. Well, and the wonderful thing is you've got uh, uh, Benny and uh, this uh, Inuit Eric. guy. No, it's not Eric. It's the other one. It's the younger Inuit guy, isn't it? Or is he with Eric at this No, stage? he's with Eric. 
Oh, with he's Eric. with Eric and Ray. Oh, he's with Eric. He's, he's with Eric and Ray because Ray was looking like he was in a bathroom. Oh, okay, so it's, it's Eric. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we do like to keep abreast of uh, Ray's outfits. And not only his, two, his fashion is so boring Series two now. has been quite disappointing with him. But yeah. it was nice to see him, like, it was very 90s to have the oversized jacket to the yeah. point where it looked like a bathroom. <laughs> with the, with the tiny so even though it isn't as colourful as his yeah. season one outfits, it was very kind of eight, very 90s yeah. to have something so oversized. But yeah, it was almost like there was two Bennies. Like, you know, again, this is where he picked these skills up from, from learning from the Inuit, these tracking skills. <laughs> I think it's, it's suggested, I don't know how true it is, that the Mounties have picked up a trick or two from the Inuit. Mm. You know, they've learned from them because it's a very respectful symbiotic relationship. Certainly as it's depicted here. I, again, I hope it's true. And I love that moment of like, you know, when... The other guy's picking up stuff and sniffing it. Then you know, he doesn't. It. Does he lick anything? I think he did at one point because I've, I, like, yeah, I've written down two sniffers and tasters. Yeah, so it's, it's like two of them. And Ray's like, oh my god, <laughs> not another two one. of you now. Oh my god. And there's one bit where they pick up the burger and you're like, no, no, they're not going to invite into it. Nicholas looking at me like you do that. No, no. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that he was going to try it. I, yeah, I no, that's what I'm saying. It, it looked like yeah. he was I going to. I was green. I really thought they were going to have like, ooh, <laughs> half each. Do, you know, do you know what I love about it? But then he takes it and he's just holding it yeah. for a second. I think it's purposely meant to make the viewer think maybe he's going to. And yeah. then he tosses it towards Deef, which demolishes like, it. Huh? But then they actually <laughs> like, like yeah, start sort of testing the pavement and stuff. Yeah, and I think, what well, so they say? It's like sweet even. sauce or something, chilli sauce or something. Yeah, they go, oh, it's chilli sauce. And then as it progresses, they go to another scene and they start looking at the pavement and Ray goes, Oh, French fries! <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they anyway they end up in this um apartment, and Ray finds these masks. They're, this is what they're hunting down. Basically, they're hunting down David and they're hunting down the masks. And Ray finds these masks hidden hidden under like a tile in the bathroom, doesn't he? But then they're like, mm, well, especially Benny, he's like, yeah, mm. this was a bit too easy. Yeah, they find David, he's long gone at this point, but he's got the mask. And they're like, wow, this was just a little bit too easy to find these masks. So um, Benny's not convinced that these are the actual masks. Um, oh, no, that's really nice because I, I, you're probably going to come on to this in the next note. But I love the idea of Benny figures out it's a fake mask. Actually, there's this clip. No, 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 I don't have a clip here, actually. Okay, because... Oh, yeah, the clip clip kind of comes yeah. to me almost. But something that else that's going alongside this is the French lady. We've already seen... She is in the car outside. Yes. And she's watching them. And, you know, they're kind of like... The, the camera kind of goes between them finding these masks in this apartment and the French lady that's sitting in the car watching them outside because they don't know that she's there. So I made a note that like she was watching it there and that this was just a bit too easy. And <laughs> and then I made a note that they go back to Benny's apartment and the, the sweat lodge is in, in, full, <laughs> in full, full bloom, full glory. Mm. Yeah, so this, um, <laughs> these um, Aborigines in, in Benny's flat have made this. It looks like it's... Again, I don't know if Aborigines correct. Uh, well, that's how they call it in the... What did they say in the episode? In the episode, that's how they refer to them. They definitely mention Inuit. Do they actually say Aborigines? Aborigines. I'm really confused here. Maybe the term Aborigines originally means something along... I mean, I don't know, I think... Does Aborigines just mean, like, people... Native of... Native. You know, maybe there's some original... Why do you just say native? 
relates to both. I mean, I'm certainly peoples. up for learning new things. So yeah, yeah. So I, I think say... I have. Jeez, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm probably going to hear this all wrong, but I think I have once heard something about Aboriginal's original meaning being something. Yeah, I mean, if anyone knows any different, please okay. tell us. Uh, well, Blaine, Blaine told me when he was on previously that uh, apparently in Canada they call them uh, First Nationers, I think he said. It was something along these lines Possibly. for people who are like Inuit or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, mm. So. Could just say native Canadians. So maybe maybe Aborigine <laughs> has a uh, original meaning, yeah. which even though we know it as to be the people who originated from Australia before the white folk got there, basically, mm. it might have a broader mm. uh, a meaning to that yeah. term. Yeah. So are we at the part where they're at the sweat lodge? Yeah. As I like to say, <laughs> rub dub dub, two men in a sweat lodge. Yay! I, I've been dying to say. That. <laughs> So it's like they built this tent, which is pretty much like a sauna, in the middle of Benny's oh, apartment. And when you first Brilliant. get there, like, cause one of the first thoughts which came into my head is like, isn't the landlord going to object? And you see the landlord coming out. The landlord's coming going, out. Can I come back and use this later? <laughs> no, he said, can I take it? Can I, he said, can I take yeah. this later? But, do you know... And they're like, sure, yeah, it, great. Yeah, why not? Because yeah. I was hoping to get this on record, and um, we couldn't, could we? Because it just wasn't sound very good. No. But I just loved a bit where... Um, Ray's like no, it was no. a visual yeah it was moment. it was a visual moment because obviously they're all going in the sweat lodge and you go in two by two by the look of it but um, you know Ray's there going no a sweat lodge uh, a sweat lodge <laughs> so Ray's there going no no I'm not going in I'm no I'm not going and this lady that's like just covered in a very slight, young attractive lady very, very attractive very lady mm-hmm. and very very slight like I don't want to say a towel but it almost looks like a very like sarong site well of towel. And, and the picture well there was nothing sarong with that <laughs> so, uh, the, the, the images from the like there's always four um, chapters on the DVD mm-hmm. for Due South and on the images they've got for the four chapters because they've got different images for them mm-hmm. On the third one, there's a picture of this young lady, and it's cut off right at her shoulder line, so you can yeah. see her yes. bare shoulders. So it just looks yeah. like she's naked on there. I wonder if they did on purpose, like, so, watch this episode, watch this chapter. She appro- they could have, couldn't they? <laughs> she approaches them, and she's almost like, I can't remember the exact words, but like, I haven't got a partner to go in the sweat lodge with. That's not her word. No, I think she just walks past. That's I don't my, think she actually says no, something. No, she does say something. She says something. Along oh. those lines of, I need someone, I, I need a, you know, I've been, or someone was going to go in, or didn't, I don't. But my interpretation is, I need a partner to go in the sweat lodge with. And Ray's like, right, where do I get changed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, one minute, Ray's yeah. like, no, I'm not getting naked and I'm not getting in there. Oh, hello. Yeah. And there's a bit. Where do I get changed? And they have their, um, then Benny and um, Eric has their chat. They do. And spiritual yeah. thing. And I, I'm not going to go into really much nice, that. Because I went to record this. Sorry, but then it did can become... I just say the bit that I was going to say? There's a bit after that, and I know you're going to talk about that when actually Ray sticks his head in and goes... Come on, is it our turn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I love He just wants to get in there with that lovely lady. Lovely lady, sorry. And that will lead into a clip in a second, but it, it was it was a really nice clip, and it's, unfortunately it was quite visual. That's why oh. I didn't record it. But the, the scene in the sweat lodge, because this is another one of these episodes where they uh, tease out the whole thing of the spiritual, spirituality of the Inuit, of the Aborigine, of whatever the kind of correct term is, which I apologise. You know, we wear our ignorance on our sleeve on this podcast we we come from a, a position of wanting to learn not you know if we say anything wrong it's not on purpose but there is this really kind of nice thing of he's in there and he starts getting kind of they he talks later about having visions in the lodge which he talks about in this next clip and i i, I really like it when they bring the spirituality and 
even though Benny in a lot of ways is very logical, the spirituality is definitely in his character and he's definitely, again, it's another point of respect to these people. He's obviously grown up around them, so he takes their spirituality just as serious as the other things he's very factual about and that he, you know, his very logical mind is just as serious to him as his spiritual side as well, which I, I think is very well done. But the, yeah, this goes into the clip, um, unless you've got anything else to say. No. So let's uh, hear the clip. This um, is Masks and Games. Yeah. Well, we have a very important spiritual moment back here. I'm sorry, I heard vision. No, what you saw was a dancing man and a big black bird. Where I come from, this is not called a vision. The bird is the raven. The raven is the trickster. The trickster came to return the masks to the Shishin people. Ravens do not break into museums. Yeah, they don't, but Eric did. Eric is the trickster. But what he discovered is that the masks were fake. I knew if he led me to the face, I would in turn lead him to the real ones. Oh, so that's what we're doing. Because it's all part of his game. Great. So, now, we're playing his game and you're trapping by vision. Yes. Normally, that would be cause for concern. But seeing that we don't have any hard evidence or any real clues, dreaming some up might not be such a bad idea. Well, we at least have this much room. If the masks he took were fixed, then someone must have stolen the real ones and replaced them. Well, that would require a forgery. Yes, sir. Do you know any forgers? Yeah. So it's, it's a really nice idea that it's a purposeful thing that Benny knows that he's kind of being used to track down the artifacts. And that, you know, that because it, it's set up so he will know that these are fakes and that leads to the real ones. I, I think it's really nice and he still kind of plays along a little bit and it's almost like he knows he's got to do his job, but also he's got to do right by these people and he's trying to tread that very fine line of his respect for the Inuit and his respect for the law and I love it when you put Benny in these complex situations because he's kind of quite a binary character he always wants to do the right thing but what is the right thing like with Victoria's Secret what's the right thing is it his duty to the law or is it his duty to this girl who he loves by the way Nicola now just going for a pee And once again, we're sponsored by Tenor Lady. Uh, when She's had two wees already, you know. She, she doesn't move for the first two. When you wee, when you fart, get these around your lady pot. Tenor Lady. I think you need to come up with your own... Um... <laughs> Jingle factory? <laughs> no, your own... Con- I was going to say nappy, but I don't think nappy's the right word, really. You need to invent your own um, lady, t- kind of tenor lady. But why would I, thing. when the fine people at Tenor Lady will provide you with all your because why they urinary don't cover... needs? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You know, they, they might cover one problem, but not all of them. If you came up with something that would cover everything, we could advertise it on well, our Well, hopefully podcast. they cover everything. They're basically just big nappies. Yeah, we, we could advertise them. It could be a thing. Well, we could brand them with a Canadian uh, flag. Yeah, yes, we could put the Canadian flag front and back well i mean as it is <laughs> hopefully no one does see what we're doing here is disrespectful to canada but i wouldn't like to push that any further than mm. we already do because we love canada we love canada but it might be people listening and go whoa <laughs> they just wee on canada that's all they do they wee and poop on it yeah literally that's what we would be <laughs> suggesting with that so i think that's a, a line too far okay, okay. what is the okay. next note we've got going on oh uh, yeah our next notage is um wow they um they're looking for this um forgerer if that's a word. Yeah, forgerer. Um, forgerer. And they come across a lady near a dead body. 
I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but they do. It's the it's the French lady with the um, lovely perm. But see, I yeah. didn't recognise her at first because you know she kind of disguised herself a little bit. I didn't realise it was her until afterwards. So they you know they go to the place where Ray's got he knows a forger and he's dead. They find this lady. They chase her back onto the rooftops for Benny. So they arrest well the kind of arrest this lady. She's got diplomatic immunity. Well, this is what I said. She? I yeah. said when they take her in, I was like. Doesn't, wouldn't she have diplomatic immunity? And then, of, of course, course Steve South being yeah. as tight a show it is, is as it Damn is. Damn right. Straight afterwards, they, you've got the DA who comes in and is going... Lovely uh, Louise. Yeah, lovely Louise is coming in saying, uh, why have you got someone in there who's got diplomatic immunity? So they answer the question, which, you know, the viewer's asking at this point, very, very timely. Yes. But they also get to have that moment of them questioning her. And uh, I think it's really, really well played. So you do question. You're not sure, like, is... Because she says that she's innocent. She was just, like... She saw how Benny was interacting with the Inuit and, like, it, whose side is he on. Yeah. And so she's following them for that reason, is the suggestion. But you don't know if she's telling the truth or not. I think that's really well played. That You, you yeah. don't know. It keeps you guessing. It's a very good plot for that. And, you know, again, you sounds just good at that. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of felt like she might be guilty, but I mean, straight away they were like, "No, it's not her, is it?" I was yeah. like, "Okay, okay, shut me up, didn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it could be her." No, okay, it's not. No. Yeah, because they uh, they have Elaine coming in with some evidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, the uh, bullet doesn't match her gun. Yeah, that that was the thing. Yeah, she's got like a completely and it was lovely because it was found. really nice timing again because this episode lets Ray be a bit more suave. So when he's having a good episode, <laughs> he is. But so when the DA comes in, going, "What have you kept her in? She's got diplomatic immunity," and he goes, "Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yes, Drew, you can yeah. Have her. Yes, she's fine. yours. Let her go. Take her." So because she, he's just found out the information, he gets to have his cake and eat it too. Because yeah. so he's asked her some questions, found out what he needed to, found out that she is innocent. So then when the DA starts to give him grief, he can just go, "Yep, yeah, take her." Yeah. You know, and it was really interesting because you know she's an attractive lady that he's already had a little bit of flirting with, but um, once Louise comes along, he's like, "Take her, yeah, take yeah. her, take her, take her, get her out of my sight." <laughs> I'm not interested in her love. I want you. <laughs> um, I don't know where that came from. I apologise. Oh, yeah, the Canadian is the killer. That's so un-Canadian. <laughs> That's what I've written next. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there were two women. So there was this kind of flirtatious um, French lady that wanted the masks. And there was this... Um, ooh, how to put this nicely? <laughs> there was the Canadian lady that also wanted the masks. Who they hadn't portrayed as an attractive, flirty lady. Yeah, she's say. maybe a little bit like... Uh, obviously, all ladies are attractive in their own unique way. Yes. She is maybe slightly more... Stern looking. Mm. Okay. That way. Okay. Yeah. Oh, would Spenny want to say something? <laughs> Nicholas, like, oh. take a picture of me. <laughs> I'm trying to, but he's now wriggling. <laughs> he's now wriggling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't the um, pretty flirtatious French lady. It was possibly the um, not quite so attractive Canadian lady. Is is what they're saying there? And then I just love the fact that Ray is just like that's so Canadian. <laughs> Plus, it's also like, uh, I like the way they're playing that. So, so sometimes you do have this thing of like uh, a woman using a feminine wiles. And this is a woman who's all about the business, who turns out to be the the, the bad guy, turns out to be the uh, killer and everything. Yeah. And 
I mean, she's there. There's every reason for her to be the bad guy, but it misdirects you enough that you never suspect, you never really think about her being the bad guy. Yeah, as you say, very un-Canadian, as they, as they <laughs> mentioned on the episode. It, it's just really, really nicely done. Uh, and this really, yeah, draws us to the end of the episode, I think. Mm. Like, uh, Benny and Ray obviously track her down, and... Uh, yeah, so we've yeah. got another... Um... Well, the clip comes right at the end, but just really the wrap-up of the episode's there for for the mystery mm. and for what's happened. And then you get this really nice personal moment with Thatcher and uh, well, Benny, yeah. because one thing we haven't really mentioned is that the curator of the museum is involved in the mask getting robbed and everything. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, so you get to a bit where you've got Eric and David in the same room together. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got Eric and David in the same room together. You've got um, Ray... And he, you know, they figured out this this Canadian woman, so Ray has got her. And the gun has been pointed at Benny. You know, first of all, David's pointing the gun at Benny, isn't he? And really to wrap everything up, like David has earlier on, he was making the little uh, paper figurine of the bird. Yeah. And the uh, older Inuit, Eric, had said that uh, that's a, a sign of the young people in this fight to preserve the new way and they're they're all about kind of like taking extreme action whereas you know the older tribal people are saying to trying to abide by the world work within the system they're a bit more measured in their approach so you've got this nice thing whereby the young kids you know threatening to is it he's got a gun hasn't he yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got a gun so he's threatening yeah. to shoot benny benny and you know He's using force, and then it's actually the elder from the tribe who he still listens to, who who calms things down, still demands justice, but justice the right way. And yeah. It's a really nice interplay that. So it, it, it's just something we hadn't really mentioned about that side of it, and I think that's nicely played out. That even though they've got disagreements, they're part of the same tribe, and they yeah, because um, resolve it within. Yeah, because Eric convinces David to hand the gun over to him, but he's still pointing it at Benny. The first and but once the gun is handed to Eric, Benny just starts walking forwards, doesn't he? He knows Eric is not going to shoot him. Yeah. They've got history together. And he starts walking towards him and he brings and up he, that history, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he, he, Eric says, uh, uh, "I remember once I was, uh, I must, you know, I saw a, a caribou and I shot it and, and it became a man it. before me." Yeah. And it's alluding to the fact that Ray has seen the bird. And like the the symbolism of the bird is very nice throughout this episode, and the bird mm. even flies off at the end of the episode. The the what we assume is a real physical bird flies off, and the suggestion is that it's, it's all in spirituality. But Benny says like he keeps on seeing the symbolism of the bird, so there's a nice kind of like suggestion there is a kind of supernatural thing at play here, and the same thing is is true of like that that initial episode. Eric says you know. Oh, I thought I saw a caribou out there. <laughs> Anything, yeah. but this is suggesting maybe there was some spiritualism even to that. Yeah. Or maybe he's just suggesting. You know, he's he's doing a little wink to, to to Benny. He's like, remember where I saw thought I saw, I saw a caribou, caribou and I shot it and I it turned to a man in front of me. <laughs> yeah, it was a man. <laughs> sort of like yeah. the fact that there's that vagueness of like, is he, is he saying there was some spiritualism to that moment, or is he just saying to Benny, it's like, uh, yeah, just remember what I did for you. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it was actually a really nice moment. So, obviously, um, Eric doesn't shoot him, and he, he, he goes off on his ways. And then we actually move on um, 
we've got another this so this is the um last clip that we've actually got to play um yeah so basically you've got the meat of the episode round yeah. wrapped up then as i say this curator was uh involved in everything with the uh robbery of the masks yeah. and the fakes and all that so now you get this lovely little mess moment with thatcher who was flirting with the uh curator who's turned out to be a criminal yep and Benny was about to put in his final report. Yeah. So this is a clip we like to call Getting Personal with Thatcher. Well, I'm off. Yeah, well, uh, good. You're off. Uh, have you written your report yet? It'll be on your desk in the morning, sir. Thank you. I, uh... Yes, sir. Nothing. You won't be mentioning anything outside the case, will you? Excuse me? In your report, will anything of a personal nature about anyone be making it into your report? A personal nature, sir. Don't be coy, Fraser. I'm not trying to be. You know damn well I had communication with the curator outside of office hours. Well, no, actually, I I wasn't aware that. I mean, I had one perfectly innocent lunch with a criminal. All right, one lunch and one dinner. And a couple of drinks, I think. Uh, <sighs> Never mind. Which you will. Uh, sir. What? Quite honestly, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. That and it ends, of course, that wonderful moment as ever with uh, with Teeth kind of busting Ray's chops. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ray's, uh, Benny's yeah, chops. Benny's chops. <laughs> sorry, wrong chops. <laughs> yeah, yeah is, oh, I love that scene. It's really good. Um, and I actually, actually like that. Moving on from this um, scene after this, which is just one of the best scenes, I think. So, throughout this episode, we know that Ray's going to be going on another date with this Louise. And he's been like racking his brain where to take her. He wants to take her to somewhere fancy. He ends up in this uh, sweat tent <laughs> that had been created in Benny's. Just, you know, best date ever. Sweat yeah, she tent. Did. She loved it. And that's, that's, that is and what that is, saying. Yeah, I think that's our thing. It's like you think women want something fancy. Most of the time we don't. No. It's a good on Ray for taking her to a sweat tent. I bet, I bet they had a sweaty night that night. <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, and then leading on from that, the masks. So, you know, what they've shown previously is the masks have been retrieved and they've been put back into the museum, or have they? Because at the end, they then show you um, the um, the native Canadians having their kind of spiritual um, celebrations, and then there's a couple of masks there that, that look like they could be the proper... Masks yeah. that should be in the see, uh, museum. The suggestion I love about this as well, or the thing which is left open is, I think it's quite clear they are the originals. Oh, yeah. But I don't think Benny would have been fooled by a fake. Nope. So there's a suggestion there that, again, which loyalty was Benny following? To oh. the law or to the people... And, but there's also the thing which they've written into this episode which leaves it slightly open 
is the fact they've said that that there's so many examples of fakes being palmed off and you know there's fakes hanging yeah. in the Louvre which you yeah. know still to this day still they've been tricked by these things so how many of these things which we think are real artifacts are just genius forgeries yeah. so it's possible that Benny you know he's not an art critic but I, I, I think to he me knew. I, he knew to I me he, he knew. knew the law was kind of satisfied for the most part yeah. but his higher loyalty to these people and the fact that really that should belong to them because it's part of their culture. Yeah. So, you know, it's when the law diverts from what's right, I think, especially Benny now, maybe season one Benny would be so blinded by loyalty, but after his experiences for the second time with Victoria, maybe open his eyes to, like, there's more things than the law. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I love the ambigu- ambiguity. It, like, opens up some wonderful areas for conversations for podcasts and, and things like this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that because, um, you know, look at that. He opened up, you know, earlier on in the episode, well, towards the end, he opened up the ep- um, suitcase and you see the two masks there. Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to the museum. I'm so sure he knew they weren't the real ones, but yeah, it's so interesting to think that, you know, what his thoughts and feelings were right then. You know, it's like people that go to a museum, you might look at them for a couple of minutes. You might read what it says about them and then you move on. What does that really mean to you? But for them to actually, the, the actual masks to be with the, with the, what? Okay. With the people, yeah, I still want to call them the Aborigines. Sure. I still don't know the best word to describe well, like, them. We're, we're using the, the best terms we think. Canadians. Right. If we're wrong, yeah. it's not through want of being wrong. Yeah, the you know for those masks to be with the native Canadians taking part in their spiritual ceremonies, it would mean so much more for them for, to have the original mask than it would for them to be sitting in a museum. And what value is the original piece? Really, to, it goes, as you say, to people seeing a museum. And also, it, the, the whole question has opened up right from the beginning, where Benny knows what he saw. He knows who he, he saw knows. at the beginning. And he, he goes, I'm not sure what I saw. That He's, opens yeah. up the doorway for all the ambiguity for the rest of the episode Absolutely. of, is he saying what he genuinely yeah. believes or not? You know, so that that's what leads to the end last scene. Yeah. You don't know for sure where Benny's coming from but you know I, I think we all believe that we, he knows yeah. that this is yeah. not the original we know he knows <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, you know and it's really interesting and it's actually something that I think must really take part in real life as well because I can remember um, probably a good few years back now like watching a documentary that was about you know I'm quite interested in history and I was watching a documentary about um, it's about Egyptian artifacts that are in museums around the world and the and the Egyptian government would really like a lot of these artifacts to come back to Egypt to be displayed in Egypt. And I remember them talking to, I can't remember where the museum was, if it was in London or if it was a different country. There's a few countries that have got Egyptian no, artifacts. I, I don't believe that uh, the UK have got anyone else's artifacts. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I can't We wouldn't do that, would we? We wouldn't do that. I don't know. I think you've lost your Elgin marbles just even <laughs> suggesting that. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly which country it was that um, had the artefacts that it, Egypt wanted. But I remember them, they were talking to this mu- um, 
people that worked in the museum and I remember them saying it's like yeah you know we do have um, these artifacts that originated from Egypt and they were like well you know Egypt would really like to have them back to display in the Rome museums you know why isn't this museum willing to give them back and they said well we don't trust that Egypt would take good enough care of them and yeah. I just remember just thinking yeah I remember wow. that actually yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> I was like and that is your reason for keeping them in a museum in your country. You don't think that they could take good enough care of them. Even though, you know, they have these museums. You can see what care they're taking of them. And they have, I mean, back in the days when these things were created, they were so much more advanced than we were back in those days. I just thought that was just such an awful thing to say of the country. And, you know, and it kind of relates to this a little bit. And it's like, well, you know, is it better to have replicas in museums for us to have a look at? if the original things would be better. Um... And plus, how generous of us, of us English people to protect, I'm sorry, just a big tip of my head, to oh, protect these works of art from the people whose art it is. How nice of us, <laughs> just. I mean, really, you know, I mean, the term white savior gets used as if it's a bad thing. Thank God, <laughs> thank God for us. Yeah, it, it's just something that made me think of it, really. It was like, you know, it's like we can appreciate things in a museum if they're replicas, but if the original things are maybe appreciated more in their own countries, then let them have them. Uh, and maybe it's there, so... Give it to them. <laughs> yeah, maybe it isn't up to us. Yeah. See, now, if you go back to the start, I, and I could be very wrong here, of time. I thought they, they'd been almost sold or promised. You did wrong, I don't believe it. <laughs> I thought they'd almost been sold to both of those, both well, the Canadians and the French. Yeah, that was what they were alluding to at, yeah. at the um, beginning of the episode, wasn't it? It's like, you know, the, the French and the Canadian, both of them saying, well, they've been sold to me. No, they've been sold to me. They both wanted them. But it's like, really? Whose was it to sell? Yeah, well, that's the, yeah, exactly. And, and even, if it, even if they but were, for instance... Well, that's the other thing. Even if, for instance, though they were sold to Canada, is that the native Canadians, Canadians who, who are the French Canadians, or so that opens up a further can of worms. It's, yeah. I think, for the questions it asks. Actually, in talking about it, I appreciate this episode. Like, I really, I like the episode, but I was thinking, is it a really great episode, or is it a, a stock episode of Due South? Like, stock episodes of Due South are great. They're just like your standard Due South. It's just something you can put on, really enjoy, and it's always going to be a cut above, but it's not one which leaps off the page as such. But the more I think about the questions this one asks, the better it is, you know. Yeah, the... I mean, these kind of questions must be come up all the time to museums and different countries. I mean, I mean, even, you know, as in England, our, our country is under question for some of the, the jewels that's on our, our Queen's crown, you know. There are countries yes. that are claiming Calamar. that. There are countries that are claiming the jewels on our Queen's crown, you know? saying you should give them back to us. And Actually, do you know that there, and I'm going to say this quite loosely because it could be just rumoured talk, that um, one of the pieces that, I'm going to say Meghan Markle picked, I've got to be careful here because I've got to go, because be it careful. kind of overlaps with Princess, I think it was Eugenie, that's just got married as well. Now, yeah, one of them has. One of the pieces that was picked was actually um, Russian diamonds. Right. And there was rumour that uh, they couldn't wear that, obviously, for obvious reasons. Mm. So that was... Because what happens is, is when... Uh, I don't know, again, if obviously 
people that are not in the UK. Um, when a royal gets married, they have certain access to, so for instance, uh, Kate Middleton has full access to the jewellery. Yeah. Meghan Markle has limited access to the yeah. jewellery. And, and that's how it works. People have bet more or less. But everything you wear or borrow, you are either, you approach her and she gives the authorization for it, or you are offered a selection that you can pick from. You can't just have whatever you want. And yeah, it was rumored that one of the tiaras that was picked was a no-go because it was actually Russian jewelry that obviously at the time, because of what was happening, was a, a total, yeah, no. Yeah, you know, so. So, yeah, so like you say, it's, Absolutely, some of the um, stuff we have in museums yeah. in this country, it's under question yeah, whether we should have them or not. Yeah. You know, I think and of course is... we should, because we're British. <laughs> we're British. Of course. <laughs> well, as they say, uh, the reason why the sun never sets on the British Empire is because God doesn't trust the British in the dark. <laughs> mm. Well, there we go. <laughs> I always like that, that phrase. Um, so, are we coming? I think we might have, you know. And now we face Come the, to the end. end of the rum. It it's time to face the final question. Can you give me the information I seek? And tell me what the best moments of the week are. Beautiful. Thank you, Gambling. Absolutely beautiful. So, uh, I... I Nice work, Nicola. <laughs> she hasn't got her headphones in, and I've been like miming the, the tune along to her. <laughs> and she's going, like, Oh, I think you're going, no, You're like, no. Perfect, because I heard that. I <laughs> oh, could no, you hear did. I thought it was just good showmanship. I appreciate that still. So, uh, let's go with our, our best Diefenbaker moment of the week, because there's only a few, but yeah, I really, really nice. Yeah, it was tough really this nice. week, I think, for Diefenbaker. He didn't play I found it role. pretty easy, because I I, I'm going to lead, because, well, because there were so many moments where it was passive Diefenbaker, and yeah. that's fine. I think Sometimes we'll you just long for the ride. But I think there's one moment where he really took the stage <laughs> and actually did... Well, no, there's two, actually. No, you well, know I've what? I'm going to go for a different head. one. Yeah. I know the oh. one. Oh. I, I know the other one you're thinking of. Go on. Mine is where Eric says, I've been here with Diefenbaker all afternoon. And he goes, <laughs> Yeah. That's mine. Okay. Oh, mine's different again. You see, I think another one which... Okay, um, we'll get all different. My, Michelle's maybe referring I'll, to. I'll go for the obvious then. Well, you go. And it's, it's the hamburger moment for that me. And they've got this like half a hamburger and just Deef is in the background. <laughs> and they're like, what, you want to eat it? And they hand it to him and he just munches on the oh. hamburger. And he's just like, let's go to waste. Give it here. <laughs> Well, the one for me, which is a real moment of Diefenbaker getting a more active role, is there's the Thatcher scene, which is right at the end, and then uh, they have this moment, it's just Thatcher and Benny, and Deef's there in the background, and then Thatcher leaves. Deef just gives Benny a look, and he goes, oh, shut up, what do you know? And it's like, <laughs> obviously, he's just communicated about, like, a oh, come on, like with you two, you know, and he's really, it's something where he gets to express something, because for me, the best moments, like even eating the hamburger, it's something for him to actually do, which is actually, it's, he's doing something in the moment, and the one you picked, it's like, it's uh, it's when Deef's actually doing something as opposed to just being dressing in the scene. He was doing serious acting. 
Well, exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. He's a great actor and he should be used as such. I think the things those dogs do, like, I always go back to handing himself at a door. That's yeah. a really great bit of yeah. acting when he's shot. Like, these dogs can really act. So if they're just there in a scene, I think it's almost a waste because both the actors who play Diefenbaker can really <laughs> act. Their training is so amazing. So I like those moments where they actually okay. get decent character. Cool. So that's, that's my... And now we go on to the most... I'm going to go for American of the Week first. Okay. Um, Michelle? Oh, Ooh. no, no, Nicole. Oh, 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 there was a bit in it, and I don't remember. Oh, the, my brain's gone after so many runs. There's a bit in it, and I think Ray comes out and says anything, and she's like, "Yeah, this weekend, this Friday." I think he said something like, oh, <laughs> "I'm in trouble, something or something along those lines." He goes, "She goes this Friday," <laughs> and I'm like, "I like her. She's my American." Actually, just just for that scene, I do love uh, Ray's little like he always does some little eyebrow acting after yeah. that. That's she she's sassy. I like her. Okay, okay. For my wow, surprisingly, I'm gonna go for a Canadian, and I'm, I was gonna say Thatcher. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wait a minute, you've gone Canadian. No, it's American. Oh, for my American. Oh, oh. For my American. So, so basically, we can't pick Thatcher again as most Canadian, but you can pick her as yeah, American once. Because she's sassy lady. Well, because she was sassy lady. Sassy. Sassy. She was. She was sassy, she was sexy, she was flirting, mm, mm, mm. she was coming in, you know, untucked. She hey, was, girlfriend. She was different in this episode. Strong, empowered but woman, she was like strong, an American. powerful, flirty, sexy. She, was, she had it going on. The women are right up there. Right? Well, on that front, it is very tempting to go the Elaine route because she mm. showed just much sense. I think probably I must have picked her as the most American of the week before now that I'm sure I have. But I'm going to go... And I'm going to go for the, the darker side of the American psyche. I'm going to go with the Canadian uh, ambassador. Oh, okay. the um, lady that was arrested at the end. Yeah, because oh, even though she's lady. Canadian, they said, they said it themselves in the episode. Mm. That's not very Canadian, because she's not being Canadian. She's being <laughs> that American gangster mold. Like, I always say it, whenever I pick a negative attribute of Americans... Like with any of us, like I've alluded to a lot of the negative uh, uh, parts of being British and being English and, you know, our colonial days and everything. Each country's got a bad side and a good side to their psyche of their country. We love Americans, but they can be a bit dastardly. And I think that's the side of Americanism that she portrays in this. Okay. So, uh, most Canadian of the week. Michelle, you kick this one off. Yeah, I think... Probably this week's an easy week because we've had quite a few um, Canadians um, come into play. True. So I think throughout the episode, I'm kind of going backwards and forwards between Eric and David. But I think I'm going to stick with David. So I think Eric was maybe a little bit more sneaky than David was. I think David was just out there doing his thing, you know. You know, he was like, I'm here for my... Okay. He was I'm here for my masks. I'm doing my job. i going to get my mask. I'm going home again with my mask for my Canadians. So, yeah, that's what I'm going for him. Okay, so my Canadian is the guy at the rental, Stephen King's son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because he's cool and chilled. Okay. And he was, wasn't he? He worked for Gemini Rentals, Stephen King's son, and he was very chilled. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going for 
Stephen Kingston, I believe, is his uh, full no name. No relation to Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> yeah, it just happens after my joke, his name happens to be Stephen <laughs> Kingston. <laughs> to me, I'm going to go with... I am going to go with Eric. I was thinking of maybe going a bit left field and going with the uh, French one. Because the, the okay. whole thing with French yeah, Canada. Yeah. French Canadian. And I think even though she at one stage we weren't sure where she was coming from, she did turn out to be a really good guy. She was working towards right. So she almost got it. But Eric pips it at the post for me because it's showing a part of Canada. You've you've mentioned about the Inuit side. We don't often, you know, actually in due south we do have them fairly well represented. But usually when we're talking about Canadians, we end up talking about the side of Canada most people think of, which is the nation which it's most known for being around the world whereas to see the Inuit side of it there's a lot of spirituality in this episode which i think eric embodies uh the symbolism of the uh the um raven yeah and he talks about seeing someone who it's as an animal and then they morph into a human in front of his eyes i love that kind of like that that symbolism and and what he's taught to benny as well he talks about going into a um Sweat Lodge with Benny when he's... Uh, is it Sweat Lodge they call it? Yeah. yeah, Sweat Lodge. When he was just yeah. a child. And he... Obviously, he was responsible for teaching Benny a lot of the tricks he knows. So what could be more Canadian than somebody who taught Benny? Mm, okay. A lot of his tracking ways. So I thought that was really lovely. Uh, I think that's about it, though, guys. The only thing we've got yeah. to do now is uh, how many... Sweat Lodges... Out of ten, does this episode get? <laughs> How sweaty did we get? <laughs> it's a difficult one because actually it was it was quite a solid episode, I thought. But I I don't. By the think... way, just before you do, just to give you some thinking time, uh-huh. when you're getting a bit sweaty downstairs, oh. <laughs> remember to get one of these round there. It's Ten Lady. Have you got shares? Downstairs, <laughs> get one of these round there. What the fiddles <laughs> is that? Fantastic, the sweet Ten Lady. Right. So, just moving along, I thought it was a solid episode. Although I wouldn't say anything like "oh" happened in it, but um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eight. That's what's in my head. So that's okay. what I'm gonna say. Cool. Well, I was I was actually gonna say seven. Just for locks and giggles, I will go seven and a half. <laughs> I, I, I think it is way up there. I think, again, it's one of those episodes where on, a surf, on the surface, probably when I was younger, this wouldn't have scored as highly mm. because it is, it's not the most dramatic episode. It's not the hugest episode. No. There's some way you've got like uh, Canadians, uh, like Mounties on a train, which you guys will get to like, uh, and they're singing big songs and they're on a big adventure there's otherwise ones like this where it's more of a personal adventure i think uh when you're more our age now you can appreciate that more like yeah. the spirituality behind it and everything so i think it's a great episode uh probably not the the absolute top of most for me i know actually i think i'm still gonna go with nate though because i think it yeah. really the more i talk about it, the more i enjoy this episode. talking yourself into an eight <laughs> well no the more i talk about the episode in general just the more it hits me how many layers it had to it mm. so it's nice when an episode sticks with you and actually gets better the more you think about it yeah uh, and you know doing this it's all about getting a bit critical yeah. with the episode so uh, you know i really yeah, enjoyed it that's great i mean i think that for me there were a couple of things that were lacking in it like i do like a good walsh 
seen. I don't think we were deprived of that in this episode. Um, and music-wise, um, I, th- I think this was really lacking music-wise. That's true. I think that's always been quite a big thing. Well, not always. Maybe that's where I lose the couple of points bit, for yeah. me. Because yeah. uh, plot-wise, again, it's it, it's definitely good. It's not yes. good on a um, yeah. huge scale, but it's good on intricate plotting yeah. and uh, drives for all the characters and the spirituality. But it's not like, yeah, it doesn't have those musical swells which you love. It doesn't have those bits. Even if it's a small episode, you can still have like music which fits that episode. Mm. And there wasn't as much of that. And it yeah, wasn't. Walsh wasn't as big. You had a lovely Elaine scene, but you didn't have Hootie Dewey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was n- we didn't see them at all. By the way, I've been talking yeah. to Louis, who comes up in the later series, yeah. about possibly appearing yeah. on this episode later. Okay. Cool. Ooh. Uh, but that, that's another thing. So uh, that's about it, guys. Um, I think we've... Uh, Wrong everything we can out of this episode. And speaking of ringing everything you can out, tell lady. <laughs> Ring them out, ladies. Put them on your washing line and come back next week for an episode of <laughs> Juice, Juice South, South by Southeast. Keep becomes disappointed. <laughs> That was good, Michelle, but uh, quite frankly, stay in your lane, woman. <laughs> you thought that would ever be a sign-off? <laughs> <laughs>